Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of Your Heroes of Noise. I'm one half of this dynamic duo. My name is Steve. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dan, also known as the other half. No one ever calls me that, but that's what I'm also known as. Welcome to episode 166. It seems like it's been a while, Steve. It seems like it has. I think we skipped a week, didn't we? Kind of? We did. Well, I mean... Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> we didn't. We, we, we skipped a week, but we did a month. <laughs> yeah, we didn't skip a week. We we got, we did some uh, other stuff, man. We, we were on your, your buddy's pod. Oh, just my buddy now. This is all going I mean, out in the public. you guys are friends. Y'all are like friend, like go out to dinner friends. Just bury yourself, sir. Go ahead. We were only like 15 seconds in, but just go for it. I'm, I'm saying y'all are friends, man. Like y'all go back and forth about life, love, and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. We'd like to talk about the pursuit of happiness, man. That's true. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> friends aside, we were on PCL last week. I hope you guys heard that one because we actually watched so many things last week for us. We're talking about us too, Steve and Dan. That was a lot of content that we had to take in right there. We're like, you know what? Why not just give you the best of both worlds? And we just added, we didn't put it on our feed, but if you want to hear us for, I think it's like three and a half, four hours, something like that, mm-hmm. go to PCL, Pop Culture Leftovers, and uh, listen to their last episode. We are on that one. It was fun, by the way. I had a good time. Very, very fun. I really had a, I had a blast, man. It was, uh, even though I'm, I'm getting sick of this Gwendolyn Christie hate. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it, Dan. I'm I getting don't know, sick man. Of it. I, I think th- it's not hate though, Steve. It's it not hate. It kind of is just, a little bit. It's just no. It's really not. It's just a. Um, it's a reflection of your piss poor casting. <laughs> is really what it is. You know what I mean? And, and I think that we have a. Maybe I'll be wrong here. So we'll get someone else involved in just a second because I'm excited Let's to say, it. ladies and gentlemen, okay. that we have not had a guest on our show for gosh, maybe three, months. three and a half, four months now. Lots of reasons I could give you, but I won't give you any reasons today because I'm happy to say we have a guest back and kind of goes full circle because the guest, the first guest that we've had in a long time is the last guest that we had, or at least one of them, the person that I'm talking about. Oh, by the way, Steve, I got this nice little thing from uh, Rob Forrest just today in the messages and it was nice. And I'm saying this for a reason. This is not a uh, fart smelling of my own that I'm doing here, but uh, he sent me this thing on uh, the PCL Oh, I just blanked. I'm so sorry. What the fuck is that called? Uh, Discord. (laughs) (laughs) On the PCL Discord, uh, they were saying something about me on there. It was kind of weird. Said I should be like a a Casey Kasem or something like that because of my voice. I thought that was nice. That's beautiful, man. And I'm not only reason that I bring that up, though, is because when it comes to voices, there's me. But then there's this guy that we're about to introduce right now. I like to call him Super Q. I don't know if he likes it or hates it, but I'm going to continue to do that until he says, dude, stop. And the person that is with us today friend of the show. He's been on before. You know him, you love him, you hear him all over the place. He's got his own podcast that I'm going to let him talk about in just a moment here, okay? But we're talking about the one, the only, Quentin Roberts. What is going on, dude? Welcome back. Goodness. I didn't know how long you were going to keep going with the intro there for me. I was a little worried. He's that- born in 1997. He loves <laughs> yeah. tacos and uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. What else can we say about him? No, welcome, dude. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so great to be on here, guys. I, I, I personally missed you both a lot. So likewise, likewise, sir, likewise. And that's not just a, uh, a reply that we give to people that say nice things. Honestly, missed you, Q. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. I already know. 
I like that optimism, Steve. He's got more than I do right now. <laughs> um, you here's the thing. The funny thing is, Dan, I will say both of you guys are very happy today. I'm feeding off your energy. Good. Well, you see, Steve, I had sex this morning, sir. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding. I did. <laughs> okay. I'm just <laughs> I really wish I would have. I mean, I think we could all have a little more of that in our lives, but uh, well, that makes one no, of us not the case. Oh, well, you're young, Q. That's <laughs> right, the right. Yeah, you're oh, just so you're just, young. That's right. This guy's just spurting all over the place. You can't even go into his house without. <laughs> if you had a black light and you walked into Q's house, shit's crazy. Bad news. Bad oh, news. Oh my goodness. Oh, Perhaps he should. Uh, you should, uh, Steve. You should loan him your housekeeper. Um. It would be Listen, a mean thing to do in this case. I'd probably, lo- I'd probably send hazmat. <laughs> 2319 up in that bitch. 2319. <laughs> Choose <Jesus> everywhere. <laughs> That's like the title of my autobiography. Just saying. I like Choose it. And you Jesus can have it. everywhere. Yeah, I won't even ask for any type of royalties or anything. That's all yours, dude. Okay. Thank I you. I will be TM. honest. If I, saw that, if I saw that on Libby, I would not even. I wouldn't even need to know what the subject matter was. I'd just be like, I'm reading that book. It's just to cover with me. My thumbs up. You know, hey. <laughs> just I'm a white it. background. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that is the best. All right, Steve. We were talking right before we, you know, started recording, and you were asking about some pains that you maybe have. You were saying you're having some pains because you're having a Muay Thai problem. Yeah, right? sparring. Yes. What's going on, man? The doctor is in. Um, no, what happened was today uh, we were we were sparring. We did like nine rounds today, and um, I went in for a kick, and the guy accidentally, even though it's not accident, it's whatever, it happened. I kicked his elbow, and I was Ouch. asking you, what is that bone underneath and to the right of your knee? If you're first on your right knee, if it go, you go down to the you were what were you calling it the the. Tendon you said and, you were pointing out the kneecap, which I call the patella. And then uh-huh. you said the little squishy area underneath yes. it. And I said that is the patellar tendon. Then you said and the th- bone to the right of it. Right? Yeah, no, the no, bone the, underneath a, it and to the right. The bone underneath, I believe, is your tip. Oh, I know it. It's your tibia. And then, and then, the then right, to the right that, of that ooh, is the fibula. And that one right there is the one that usually gets broken if you're going to break your, your shin. She, my Because whole- it's just like... It's a really weird structure. Like the tibia is really kind of like wide and the, uh, and then the fibula is like super thin. It seems like it would break oh, more often than it does. It's really? one of the bones that looks kind of closest to, you know, like when you see a cartoon bone. Yes. It kind of looks like that. Yes. It's like, like longer and, and, and uh, thinner, but yeah, it looks very close to that. And that's usually the one that snaps when someone's having some trauma to their leg. Man, listen, bro, that, that it, I finished the, I did the whole karate kid thing almost literally for the rest of the round. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, dude, I can't go another round. It's like putting weight on. It's almost, it felt like it was a Charlie horse of some sort, like a funny bone. My whole leg went like kind of numb. So I was like, let me go put some Tiger Balm and ice this thing down and ask Dan what the heck I just did. Let me tell you what. Go for it. I was watching (laughs) (laughs) some. I thought that was coming from right, my Steve. room. <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video yeah. on a guy that was a black... What's up, Q? I said, I thought that was coming from my room. To... <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, dude. This, this is, is Steve's great. theme music now. Anytime you talk about Muay Thai, I'm going to play this for you. Doesn't it work? It works pretty well, too, right? It works very well, dude. I'm in. All right, I'm Steve, in. son. 
So I'm watching yeah. this video, and it's a, a a karate master, a black belt against a Muay Thai guy, right? Yeah. Bro, this guy got crushed. Yeah. Muay Thai won, like, <laughs> like it wasn't even close. No, no. It wasn't even close. So that leads me to believe that you're becoming a uh, an ass-beating machine. Would that be, a, is that a safe I, assumption? Um, I will say this. When crew gets in the ring, it's, it's, it, he, he humbles you. You know, he's had 300 fights, never been knocked out. And he humbles you real quick just to let you know, Hey, you know, so you'll never feel like you're a machine. No, I'm not a machine in any way, shape or form. So like bell, as I'll call her, mm-hmm. put a little video up. She was there visiting you today. Did yes. You know that? Yes. Yes. This is how she's the music changed when we talked about Bill. <laughs> and she was there and she yeah, I saw you doing the bow and everything. You had your little mm-hmm. your little tank top on, your little funky shorts with your nuts I hanging did. out and stuff. I did. How you how when you kick with those shorts, how are nuts not just flying everywhere? Dude, let me tell you something. You got a jock strap there, on? It, yeah, I do have a jock strap on. Yes. And I learned that because I was gonna call you for that, but I think I pretty much knew. <laughs> you Dude, wanted to borrow mine or what? I got kicked. And I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, I'm pissing blood tonight. There's no no way pee's coming out tonight the way I feel right now, which made me get a a cup because I was like, oh, I need to call Dan and be like, can you break it? And if you do break it, what are the options? I am not a urologist, sir. But you know, you've probably x-rayed them before. You can't x-ray a penis. Oh, well, that's interesting. Why Soft not? Soft tissue. Oh, look at this genius. However, maybe when you had a boner. No, nah, mm. just kidding. Still okay. not the same. Boner. You know I, I see what you did. You see what I'm saying? Hold on. Let me turn this <laughs> We've lost our, uh, our our kung fu and t- Muay Thai conversation, kind of. Hey, so I have scanned a penis before, though. Like MRI. So wh- what, what happens if it breaks? It, it, like, what this ha- dude came what in one happens? time. This yeah. dude came in one time, and he, uh, he was kind of a, uh, I guess you could call him kind of a bro, you know? Of course. And he had gotten back from Las Vegas the weekend before where he had some fun with some of the hired help. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. Well, not not a prostitute. It was like he was at the, the strip club and he had a very uh, overzealous strip. This is his story. That's oh, probably no. total bullshit. It's probably total I know bullshit. where this is going. Well, no, she just, uh, you know, he had a private dance with her and mm-hmm. she was going down and she was a little playful with her teeth. And then, but she was really like a lot playful with her teeth. So it leads me to believe that that's probably not the case. I bet you this guy was cheating on his girl. No, because it's still, still, you you still got the stripper thing. But but it it lightens the load a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking his story was, well, you know, we were at that stupid strip club. I didn't want to go, but it was Brad's fucking. I like how you said Brad. Brad. I don't know. I just do the first. I like the Brad. The Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The Brad and Michael were there, you know. It was their bachelor party. It was their twins. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to do that. So I was just trying to be one of the guys. And uh, this stupid stripper named Cinnamon came up to me and she bit me on the john. I think that's Oof. what I think that's what his, uh, his I don't know what really happened, but I wasn't really believing it. But yes, you or, can you can break your penis. I thought I did that day. And I, I was like, oh, and when P came out, I was like, I'm fine. That That's the thing that they're like, I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm fine. Just I bought a cup. And now that um, that never happens again. Well, let's all root for, let's all pr- say a little prayer for Steve's penis, making sure it's safe out there in the wild. I always do. <laughs> I do. That's what I, that's the last thing I do before I go to bed, actually. And God. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> one day I'm going to get, I'm going to get Dan in the, I'm going to get him in the ring. One day I'm going to get you in the ring, Dan. Furthermore, Jesus, 
please bless my friend Steve's penis. <laughs> that beautiful, I don't even know. I, I, you know what? I just creeped myself out. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, thank you. I appreciate it. I had no idea <laughs> yeah, where you were going to go just, with that. Uh, that's what I was wondering. I was like, I'm sure, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you have a beautiful penis, Steve, but I just didn't want to play around anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to get you in the ring one day, Dan. I, I don't think so, dude, because you'll kick my ass. No, no, no. You that's just it. It's not about it's about doing like what we learned that day. Like normally we'll say, hey, we're doing we're going light, we're just doing combos. And somebody'll say, hey, we're gonna do three hit combos. One, two, three, oi, oi, oi. Like little things like you just tap, tap, tap until you say, okay, we're gonna go a little harder. And people can just be like, oh, I'm, I don't do that. Be like, okay, cool, no problem. But you go in there and you do the technical sparring. Technical sparring is also a thing and so you'll be like i learned how to kick I'm like well then that's all you're doing in this round you're going to be kicking me and i should not be able to check it i shouldn't be able to see it coming and that's what you do very light that yeah. video i was watching this dude was throwing kicks and i'm thinking dude. to myself how is this guy's body not getting crushed yes. like hard hard yes. kicks to this dude and and, yeah. and kung fu or excuse me uh, karate man was just uh just absorbing them it was pretty impressive yeah. until something happened like he got kicked in his eye and that yeah. pretty much stopped the fight. So what size shoe do you wear? 12. Yeah, there's no way I'm letting a, a foot, long foot, come at me like that. Well, it's a, it's a, the first time you get kicked in the head hard, and that's what he does. He'll be like, that teaches you never to not block. And so now I, ne whenever, I never not, don't block. And like the only kicks I will let slide, if they kick me hard in the rib, I'll just take it. If they kick me hard in the stomach, I'll just take it. But often I'll check those too. But in the head, my arm automatically goes up automatically so pretty impressive dude i don't know yeah. I, I don't know if you're ever gonna get me in there but if you do I, just be nice you're gonna here's the thing if you go in once unfortunately you're gonna be like i guess i gotta go in tomorrow you're gonna get addicted to it because like i got a good workout i feel good going into work you like you wake up you're like wow someone i am focused you can't think of her family issues because there's a kick coming to your head you can't be thinking about work you have to be focused dude all in and you're you're gonna you're you you would love it man you'd get a good workout you have good stamina anyway you don't get tired very you went on five seven mile walks a while back just a walk steve it's not getting a fucking 12 inch foot Dan, like to my face and you know how many people torso. can't walk seven miles they will go one mile and be like and that's enough oh, for i me. appreciate your encouragement maybe i will i mean i used to do jujitsu for a little bit i did taekwondo hey! I, did, I did karate but not this muay thai shit that shit looks uh I don't know. A little vicious. It's it's, it's a little bit vicious. Brutal. How are your workouts, man? Your yoga and such. Oh, you know what? Let's not talk about me right now. You know why, Steve? Because we got a guest on. <laughs> we got a guest on right now. But I will ask you, Quentin. I will ask yeah. you, have you ever done martial arts before? <laughs> no. Seen enough of it, but no. Never, never Any even Any reason tried. why? Just not your not your jam? I just don't have the access to. I mean, I might. I'm. If... I ever do look for it, I might, you know, check it out. But, like, I just... I here in Cape Girardeau, I don't know if I really have the access and like kind of where I'm at to do all that. And I want to kind of like lean up a little bit before I start throwing around and doing backflips and stuff off of skyscrapers. How's that going for you, by the way? Because a while back I saw that you were doing you were going to record a song every time you lost a little bit of weight. Correct? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked because um, I did that back in May. And then I was like, you know, that's this fucking sucks. <laughs> that just stopped. And uh, <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I I really it's it's not even that. It's it's more just like I want to get 
more in shape for me. I want to, because like, I love to, my lifelong dream is to cosplay as Star-Lord. That's kind of been my goal since 2014, but from there I was a bit chunky. And I've only gotten chunkier, you know? And so now I'm looking at it like, I gotta get this shit off me. You know, I gotta get some of this weight off me just for my health, for my well-being, for my, you know, just my mental health. I just need it, you know? And I've never felt better. I just, I got back from the gym uh, before I got on here and dude, I feel like a million bucks. So like just that improvement in itself is amazing. And like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling really good. And yeah, I did lose a couple poundage. I did a, uh, uh, a video on Facebook and you saw it, Dan, we're, I know we're going to talk about the song that I did uh, a little later because I'm really excited to kind of get into that. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I'm like, you know what? I can do this. And so, I'm just kind of using that attitude and going to go from there. And hopefully I'll be cosplaying a Star-Lord, you know, by the time next year. And who knows? Go from there. I think you're going to do it, man. I'm proud of you, Quentin. Just keep it up. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. But the thing is, not only is he uh, getting physically fit, Steve, this guy's also a musician. The other day, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, Q, when was it? Yesterday? Two days ago? Uh, I think it was two days ago. I can't even remember. Two days isn't ago. That, isn't that horrible? Yeah, two days ago, this man. More than a woman? Yes, he did more oh, than Oh, you a woman. already know. I had to watch that. You already know. <laughs> I, I appreciate like, oh, it. I love it. And now, do you know, have you heard of the DGs, Steve? Um, I, I'm going to assume that you said it correctly, and I have not. Okay, so, well, we know our, our, our good friends, the Bee Gees. They're, they're like our best oh, friends, We do. Right? And the CGs. Uh, we also have another group of just wonderful friends that should be on the show every day, yet for some reason they find the time not to come on, and that is the Foo Fighters, right? So the Foo Fighters have just released an EP. It was a special thing that they were doing for Record Store Day, but I guess, you know, they why not make more money and just release it everywhere? They did a, it's an EP of Bee Gees covers. They got five Bee Gees <laughs> covers on this, and then five live tracks, or kind of live tracks, different alternative takes, let's just say that. And, uh, I, you know, I won't say just yet what I think, but uh, Q, what do you think of the DGs? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, obviously it inspired me enough to learn more than a woman, you know? Um, and plus I love the Bee Gees. I love, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I know they're deep cuts or anything, but I enjoy their music. I, I think they're amazing. And so... Anytime anybody wants to like do a cover of their song, I'm down. And yeah, Dave Grohl can sing, obviously. Jesus like, there's God. no denying that, you know. But like, mm-hmm. I I hate to say it, but like, it just it got a little old. And then yeah. Taylor Hawkins really <laughs> really uh, stole the show there. But the music itself was really good. Like it was a it it, it service solid, enough. absolutely yeah, solid, perfect. You can't go wrong. But like, you know, the, the feels there, the lyrics are there and it's a song, it's a cover. Um, but like, what's what's their new album called? Minutes at Midnight or Midnight something? What's it called? It's it's called my least favorite album. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, my I least favorite album. Midnight. Is it Minute? No. <laughs> something to Midnight. midnight. I don't like know. That. I got I know. I, I like because I should. Really I like know three that. songs off that album and that's it, you know, and so. Uh, they did, I think two of the songs that I liked. I was like, okay, you know, and I moved on with my life, you know, I, so like overall, it it just doesn't have a lot of 
listen listen list sensibility for me personally but i will keep some of the tracks on there in high rotation especially for the time being it's minutes at midnight by the way minutes at midnight and it's really all i can give that album i don't know what it is i love the food fighters and i don't necessarily love everything that they do obviously but it's okay. There's such a good live act that I don't give a shit, guys. Put out whatever you want. And including right. the DGs, by the way. It's called it's called Hail Satin, by the way, which I think is really funny. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Love so, it. I'll tell you what I think about this. I think that it's something that I won't be listening to a whole bunch of. It's for fun. You can tell they did this just for fun. But like I said earlier, and, and it's just like Quentin said, the music is so good because you have these solid musicians, you know what I mean? And, um, but Taylor Hawkins definitely shines because he does a cover of, um, shadow dancing, which is actually Andy Gibb. And he's really freaking good. Steve, you want, you want to hear a little bit? Sure. All right. Check this out. Let's see. I might have to edit this. Oh, there we go. All right, everybody. 1977. You guys like Andy Gibb? You're going to really like Taylor Hawkins doing Andy Gibb. He's not really doing Andy Gibb, but he probably would. The guy was alive. Listen up. I don't want to get sued by the Foo Fighters, Steve, but I like it. It'd be I think an it's honor. actually pretty good. Yeah, you know what? If I'm going to get sued by anybody, I'd rather... No, they would sue me for a lot of money. I don't want to get sued by them. I'd rather right, get right, sued right, by right. someone that, you know, made my, my, my dog bit or something like that. But um, So I would say that that's probably the highlight track, but I agree with you. I think that Dave's Grohl, excuse me, Dave Grohl's uh, Barry Gibb impression does get a little bit stale after a while mm-hmm. because that's a really high note to hit, and he is hitting the notes, but it, he's no Barry. So I'm going to give you a bad version first of Dave Grohl doing Barry Gibb, and then I'll give you what I think is a good version. Okay, so check this out. I think this might be his worst right here, even though we just talked about this song. It's more than a woman by the DGs. So you get the I'm idea. out. Yeah, I'm out. exactly. No, I'm I out. agree. And I was going to send this to you and I went, no, he won't give this, but I am out. He's out already. Right. But here's now. what I will say. They're they're, um, Whatever keyboard they're using for the strings. That's a really good string VST, whatever they're using. It's good. I, I thought it was strings until it hit the high note. And I was like, oh, that's a keyboard. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Good to hear, Steve. Now, here's what I call a good impression of Barry. Oh, this is tragedy. All right. One of my favorite songs, by the way. Let me see if I can go a little quicker with this. Guess not. <laughs> Seriously, listen just for a sec. Every 
I give that probably like a B minus as far as his impersonation goes. What do you think, Steve? Who is that? That's Dave Grohl. That's Dave Grohl? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You keep Oy. up, Steve. You got to keep up, man. No, because I was going to be like, well, at least that, uh, that was pretty bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty freaky. I thought it was like Jimmy. I thought you were playing like Jimmy Fallon doing. I could, uh, I could totally that's what see I that. Thought that was, I thought it was like, oh, Jimmy Fallon's yeah. doing the silliness. And I was like, no, this is the actual song. There's right. no funny here. Right. So at the end of the day, in my opinion, I think that this album is just a fun, or an EP rather, is just a fun thing to put out. I think it just shows that whether or not we care for it, like they can pretty much do whatever that they want to do and still bring a good time. Like their vibe is going to be there. And I do think regardless of whether or not the vocal is um, off, I think that if they played this stuff live, I think people would be very into it. You know, you add a little bit of alcohol to the mix and then the the concert that surrounds it. I think it's a good time. So, um, you know, why the hell not Quentin? You want to rate this one? Yes, I do. Um, out of five, let's see. Uh, I'm going to I'm just going to go with a solid 2.0. now. Uh, let's go 3. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now if you if you feel a 2, don't don't hate, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, hate okay, yourself. okay, okay. 2.79. Um <sighs> Bad impersonations? I I don't know. Yes, that's that'll solid. Work. That'll work. I will give this a um I'm just going to give it like a 2. No, I'm going to give it a 2.5 because the musical talent is there. So I will give it a 2.5 out of 5. Do I want a 2.5? No, I'm going back to a 2, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5 disco balls. That's what I'm giving it. Here's my thing. I think they really missed out on an opportunity. If they're going to go by the DGs, you don't have to keep the same lineup. This is a brand new, totally invented group. Get a lead singer that could get away with it. But it's the DGs. Are you not getting this? Do you not know why they're called I the DGs? I got you. As in the Dave but, Grohl's? But just do, if just rebrand, the like do DGs and be like, okay, we're going to do BG songs and have an actual person that could do these songs. And that would be fun. It's still Dave Grohl's group. And he just created this thing. It would be great. Like a super group. I don't know why he decided to do, yeah. Or say bring in um, whatever singer he wants to bring in and be like, okay, we're going to just be doing. Yeah, they're like dressed all disco-y in the background or something yes. and let the guy shine. Okay. Just let him shine and, and, and even say like, look, the Foo Fighters are doing a retrospective on the the Bee Gees. No one's going to say no. They'll be like, oh, a one-off? I'll do it. I'll sing. Sure, let's have let's have some fun. He, mm. They should have gotten someone who could do it. They should have gotten someone who could do it. I'm going to say that Taylor Hawkins nailed it. He doesn't need to sound like Andy Gibb, but I think he's got the perfect voice for that. I think that uh, I don't know if you really heard any of Taylor Hawkins solo stuff. Have you? No, but I, I think Taylor Hawkins for me, it wasn't the voice that got it. I think it was just the effect they had on his voice. It's the oh, you're getting all nerdy effect. and technical. Now. No, it's it is the effect that since you know the song by Andy Gibb, it's the effect on the voice. You all, all you have to do is sing a decent in the realm of an Andy Gibb. You'll be like, oh, yeah, kind of sounds like him, but he does not. He does not. Well, for me, that and tragedy are probably the tracks I'm going to take home with this one. Other than that, the music yeah. is really good, but I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all right with it. Like, I think that the Foo Fighters, whether or not they ever make a good album, in my opinion, again, I will still go see them all the time. Much like, you know, you would see McCartney. What was their last good album for you? Um, hmm. Like, wow. solid, like, my, like all the way through? or All just the something way that through. I, all the way through. Oh, Wasting Light is a perfect album. That was a really yes. good album. Yes. Perfect yes. album, yes. in my opinion. Very all good All the album. way through. 
Oh yeah. That's the and the weird thing is that's the that's the one you sent me. And I was like, oh, have they just always been there? And now, oddly enough, after that, I'm like, oh, bummer. Well, <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> bummer. I mean, seriously, I wouldn't take this as like, hey, guys, this is how we're going now. Like, this is the way that the Foo, the Foo Fighters are going to carry on. I think this is just a fun thing that they did. Take it or leave it, you know? Can I, can I, I, I tell like, you the saving I like grace? I, 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 Absolutely. Ooh. Oh, I was just going to say, Save the saving grace, grace uh, of, of the DG's album is Waiting on a War live. I'm sorry. I love that song. That is a good live song, dude. Yeah. Very good. Um, you can tell that it's got like the, you know how like Steve, when you go to a concert and there has to be those moments where like Dave's like, or any musician singer like, all right, everybody, let's go. They start doing that. So that everyone's got their hands up in Absolutely. the air and everything. Absolutely. That's the kind of song that that is. Like oh yeah. That. And like then, it. and then he cuts out and everybody, and like the whole, uh, the whole audience sings it. That's, that's how you exactly. know you got to hit. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one. It's probably my favorite song on that album. Same. It's the highest yeah. rotation uh, for me on that album. Well, and, and the, the tough part is now rock groups don't write songs for stadiums. There were times where they'd be like, we're not writing this song for the CD. We're writing it for the stadium show. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, you get in front of a stadium and they love that song. And I don't think they do that. Well, most rock groups don't be like, we're writing this for the tour so that in front of people, this thing slams. You know what I'm saying? They don't write for tours anymore. Right. They According to Dave Grohl, the last album was basically meant to be like a like a house party type of an album. You know what I mean? Something that's just on in the background and people are like kind of grooving to it. I don't know if I really think that's how it came off, but... Mm-mm. I think that he definitely writes for matter of fact, I know he said that before, like I'm going to write a song. Um, did you ever see back and forth the documentary? He said no. something about, uh, you should really watch it if you haven't seen I it, but I there's a song. That. I think I did watch it. Didn't I? Didn't we review it? Oh, uh, probably. You know, Steve, yeah. we <laughs> I'm almost lot. sure we reviewed it. We reviewed a lot of things and yeah. uh, I can't remember them all. So, but yeah, uh, there's a song off of the um, second album color in the shape. And I'm trying to remember what song it was. Not that it matters, but he actually wrote that song. Because it has like a bounce to it because he wanted to see he wanted a, a song that would actually make the crowd jump up and down to it just to the mm-hmm. beat worked very yeah. well. So good yeah. for him. The good color is like we the color and the shape. Yeah, the color and the shape is one of my favorite albums. Of all time. No, 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 no. Just like of theirs, of theirs. Oh, of theirs. OK, OK, OK. Yeah. That and say, Echoes, wow, I did not know that. Silence, Patience and Grace. That's that's up there, too. I, I don't know. Foo Fighters is unmatched. So that that's all I'll say. Best live band out there. I'm gonna die on that hill too. Oh wow that that is that, that's right. You have said that before because I remember right. I asked you better than such. You're like the best. Like, you hold off on your wow, sir. We've talked about this before. <laughs> I know. I, it shocks me every time because uh, there's other bands that you talk to so much talked about so much. There, like this is a we like you used to talk about Coheed and Cambria. Like this show is the one. And so well, when you say that. I'm going to talk about them anyway, just right now. And then we'll get to the movie. We have stuff to talk about today, but just real quick. You know, it's not often that we get a lot of music that I like, or at least bands that I like putting out music all on the same week. And this happened big time for me. So again, how do I feel about it? I'm going to tell you right now, Coheed and Cambria has a new song out called Shoulders. I don't know when their new album's coming out. They haven't really released anything. They like to kind of tease their crowd, but they are touring this summer. And I'm going to go see them in about a month from today. Uh, This song is, I'm not going to play it, but it's, um, I'm still like trying to figure out whether I like it or not. 
like Kohi and Cambria have a, a, a formula that they use. They have like their old sound and they have their new sound. And there's, this is definitely like a newer sounding thing. But mm-hmm. what's going on with this one? It's like a really solid song, but it's not. It's like so overproduced that I'm not sure I like it or not. You know, how, like when they just put too much over it and it just it t- kind of takes away. And I feel like this is one of those songs with all of the weird vocals that they're doing on it and vocal effects rather. And uh, it's just a very, very overly produced song. But it's not yeah. to say it's a bad song. Uh, again, it's called Shoulders, and I'm not, I'm not going to rate it or anything like that. But if you are into Coheed and Cambria and you haven't heard this, go to like YouTube or I think it's everywhere, you know, available everywhere for streaming. Check that one out. And then lastly, and I won't really spend too much time with this, Iron Maiden also put out a new song last week. It's called The Writing on the Wall, and it is off of their, what I believe will be their last album called Senjutsu. And it's another one that's growing on me. Like they have a, a very mature sound because they're like some old ass dudes. They're like 60 something years old, but they still mm-hmm. kill it live. And I think that uh, this album, hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to be like a really good send off to Iron Maiden because whether or not they just do the thing where they tour every summer or something like that, I have a really strong feeling that this will be their last album. So I'm kind of happy, sad about it. You know what I mean? All right. And that's about it. That's enough for me. That's Dan's Music Corner, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have a theme song ready for you. <laughs> anyway. Well, I got a question for Q. Q, this week, if I looked at your whether your your phone, your CD player, whatever you got, what have you been spinning the most this week? What have you been listening to? One song that she said, I've probably heard this more than any other song this week. Oh man, I I love that you want to know. Um and this is like I I don't know if I should feel <laughs> bad for this, you know? You sh- you should. <laughs> if you have to question yourself, yeah. I should definitely feel bad. I, I don't know if you guys know him, so like that's that's the only reason that I, I feel kind of bad. I mean, uh, is it okay if I give you two, please? Sure, yes. Okay. Um, I've been rocking lately. Uh, Twenty One Pilots. I don't know if you guys are into them. If your kids are into them, um, do you know you know Twenty One Pilots? I like right? I like Twenty One Pilots. Okay. They came out with a new album in May, and it's uh, it's called uh, Scaled and Icy, and it's so good to me because uh, I drive 45 minutes to and from work, right? And so Oof, I've been doing yeah. stuff in the summer. Um, on the way home every day, I put on that album, karaoke version, and I sing the whole album home. And it's so much fun. Like, it is such a fun album that like, I want to know all of it. I want to know every in and out of it. Uh, As soon as I heard it, I was like, this is going to be my album for the summer, you know? And it definitely has. I mean, it's almost August and here I am still talking about it. But uh, for you guys, I definitely recommend listening to Redecorate. For you old motherfuckers out there. (laughs) That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying right now, Steve. I don't just, I just wanted to take the mask away. I caught it. Listen, hey. Unfilter it. You know. Read between the lines. Um, no, redecorate. <laughs> you guys really should check out that song. It's on. Uh, it's the last track, and it's really good. It's some really good shit. Um, but that's all I'll say there. The other, the other band that released something recently is uh, Walk the Moon. They did the very famous "Shut Up and Dance" song. Um, they just came out with a little like I wouldn't even consider it an EP. It's just like a group of singles that they came out with. And, um, mm. it's, it's only three songs and I've been, it's, it's like, I, I, I walk for 15 minutes, uh, on the treadmill before I go and actually lift. And this is what I listen to and And the, uh, title of the like 
three single EP is called Can You Handle My Love? And it's really good. It's got Can You Handle My Love, a song called Giants, which is so good. And I can't even like understand. I wish that like I could show you guys it like right now because it's it's just so good. Um, and it's All right, so goddammit. Which one? Which one? <laughs> it's <laughs> I feel bad. Uh, Giants by Walk the Moon. All right, here we go. It's just got a great beat oh, to it, boy. man. It's it's really good. Steve's going to call you out if he doesn't like it. I'm just letting you know. No, that's good. I, I want that. I want to be humbled. He's rude that way. Here we go. The chorus is like the ticket. I, I was kind of like iffy on this part, but like the chorus is what gets me. Kind of going back to that stadium feel. Like I feel like this would be fun in stadiums. You know, I can see this song in a lot of movies, like rom coms, mm-hmm. where like, and I'm not even like making it up just to be stupid. Like, you know, those scenes where like the guy finds out shit. It was her all along, and I yeah, just let absolutely. her go. Absolutely. And now I got to go to the fucking airport to get her, and I got to run and do all this crazy stuff, run down the stairs in New York to the subway. and all, You know what I'm talking about? That's what I see with that song. Right? I This is right up my alley, only because, see, Dan knows I like John Mayer. And John Mayer's new style is like this, sort of. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's my, it's like, this is my, this is like a cheat code where it's like, well, if Steve hears it, he's not going to turn it off. Cause mm-hmm. this is like, hey, I'm hey. in a good mood. Yeah, <laughs> like, when you get the Steve, hey, you know, hey, <laughs> this is, this is, yeah, I'm in. Cause I like this. Uh, this is, this, and it's funny because I've been, uh, cause Dan's not a John Mayer person. It's not true. I jo- love the, I think he was a charming young man at one point, And I liked the first two, the EP and the first one. And maybe That's continuum. It. I think all of them, except for that weird uh, cowboy one, was good. I just think he's a just, um, and he does this sort of thing. So I'm in. I think it sounds great, man. I think it sounds fantastic. And well, it's funny that Dan that. should say that about the about the movie. The good taste, Quinn. Um, yeah. The when uh, I'm in this group where you get sent briefs for like. Uh, a movie's coming out or a commercial's coming out and they'll be like, we need music for this commercial. And Dan, you just nailed it. Uh, They ask for the, they'll like say, hey, we want a movie. We want a song that's just like this. And they'll send you a link to this song, Quentin, and be like, (laughs) but not exactly that song. Be like, okay, we got it. Bro, I got a handful. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So they'll always ask you for like, we want songs that sound like this. So, Dan, you're right. They literally ask for songs that they'll send you a link to an Apple Music song like this and say, we want one. I Not that, obviously, because it's copyright. But exactly. That's why you see movies and they all sound like that. So they're that's asking, what they ask for. They're asking independent musicians to create a song like Cre- that? If they said either A, if you can create one, do it. But if we already, like say I submitted a song for a movie and it didn't get picked up, mm-hmm. they'll say, if we already have something you submitted, 
Tell us we already have it and we'll listen to it again. But okay, if we but- don't, resend it and um, we'll and they give you how much you're going to get paid. And a friend of mine just he got a, a twenty thousand dollar he got a twenty twenty thousand dollar deal off of one of his songs for a commercial. Not bad. Not it's bad. a one time thing, but it's not bad. That's awesome. Are you going to do this? I've I've you know what's funny, dude. You think about it and you don't think your songs sound like anything. Quentin will uh, Quentin if you've written any songs someone's like hey you could have a song that sounds like a song and then yeah. you're like do you have a song that sounds like this and you'll be like no my song sounds only like me and everyone else will <laughs> listen to it and be like that sounds exactly like that sounds like <laughs> that Green sounds Day exactly that's like exactly what they said exactly. they said, that sounds like Green Day Quentin you need to come up with something a little better <laughs> and you're like no it doesn't and you're thinking no it doesn't but this you have me. to take yourself out of Exactly. This is me. I'm an individual. But like, no, but you've listened to this band for your whole life. So you sound like this. So whenever they say we want some old soul that sounds like Stevie, I'm going to assume I'm submitting, but I haven't submitted. No, they haven't asked for any. The big thing they ask for is like songs that you'd hear on like 500 days of summer. Right. Those sort of those are. And I have nothing like that. So, no. (laughs) Yeah, I would submit if I found something that was up my ass. Some people. Again, we'll just write something in the three days that they give you. They'll just write right. and record something. And I don't know how in the world they do that. But they can just, some people can just put out content, dude. It's amazing. I can't. If I don't have it, you ain't got it. What right. if they did something where it's like, hey, we are looking for like a herpes medication or something? Mm-hmm. You could be like, uh, Just a suggestion, Steve. I'm just trying to make you a little bit of Skrilla. I didn't know where you were going. I did not know where you were going with that. That is. Well, and on that note, that's the end. You you won. (laughs) We're done. Good night, everyone. won. Hey, have you heard of a group called uh, 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 Dan? You're going to laugh. Have you heard of a group called uh, The Head and the Heart? I have not. Okay, both of you guys, not on the show. Listen to a song called Library Man. Oh, you know them? Yeah, I know them. I am into them. <laughs> that's, that's I don't know li- why, but oof, I don't know either. I, I don't know why you are either. <laughs> Dude, I heard library magic and it was over for me. Okay. I listened to that song over and over and over. I was like, what the, what? I don't even know what they're talking about, but it's something about. So Dan, if you have a chance, listen to library magic by the head and the heart. They're so good. Steve, I want you to listen to shake. Shake by who? Shake by uh, Head and the Heart. I've never heard that song. I'm adding it right now. Yeah, do it. I'm serious. I think you like it. It's got a little, uh, I don't know, it's it's funky. So, and funky good. Are they good independent funky. or are they signed? I don't know. I don't know too much of the history. If you just listen to it, doesn't it sound indie though? It really does, dude. Yeah. It re- I don't know what what big record company would be like, yeah, put this out. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> someone would be like, I mean, we need something on a commercial or something. Right. But yeah, this this group is just uh it gives me them and other like independent groups. I'm like, I love that they're just doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you like it, you do. If you it's not gonna be a they're okay. You're either going to really like them or you're gonna be like, it is not just like Dave Matthews. I don't know anyone that's like, he's okay. People are like, I hate the guy, or I hate the band, or they love the band. Right. Um, I think Dan loves I think Dan really likes Dave Matthews. No, the, the I like live their 90s band. stuff. That's about it. 
That's in nothing in the two thousands. You didn't like um uh 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 stay Any, for uh stay's good, but that's that's in the nineties. So is that in any, the 90s? anything past beyond these crowded streets really isn't my jam. Dude, you were in. You knew a lot. I see. I discovered them in the odds. I didn't know anything about them to like oh oh nine. So I had all this stuff to catch up on. I was like, wow, this is a neat. They're not bad, but man, they're lulls though. When they're not, when you don't like a song, there'll be like seven songs you do Oof. not like in a row. Like, and then all of a sudden, one you're like, hey. Their albums are like Stephen King books. Like, <laughs> 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 this is fucking great. And then, oh my God, when is this shit going to get back to being good again? And then I'll say, right, hey, right, right. It's so funny. And then it takes like a whole other album to get there again, you know? I'm, I'm being serious. And I'm being like serious when I say this, Dan. You have to write some of this shit out before you say it. There has to be something because there's no way you could just come up with that, Dude, that awesome so topic just right off the bat. Kudos to you, man. I that have is, my moments. That needs to be you. a t-shirt. <laughs> the Dave Matthews band are, are like a Stephen King book. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? Like, a, a, I'm not lying. <laughs> that is the funniest oh. thing I've heard in a week easily, dude. Well, that thank is you so very much. You guys are making me feel good about myself today. Oh, no. It's, it's been it's a good accurate. day for compliments. Thank you. Very accurate, dude. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, I love being shit. accurate. Hey. <laughs> so like, we got some things to talk about. Yes. Um, is there any news, anything we're missing, anything that we should just like, you know, like riff on uh, uh, in I the do entertainment have one. world? Yes. Yeah. Please. How about we have, we have a little one bit word. One word. Okay. Nope. Hey. Listen. Hey, hey, hey. That is the best. <laughs> okay. First of all, let me just say that is the best name for a, for a Jordan Peele movie out of all the movies he's done so far, which dude. is only three, uh, including this one. Th- this is the one, I think, dude. <laughs> Because no, I just know, like, come on, (laughs) you know, (laughs) nope. And I've got nothing like I don't know anything about this one. They showed that little preview. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I only saw the poster. There was. okay. I think this trailer might be bogus because I swear to God, some of the footage that they were using was from the Twilight Zone. Ah, I think it was Paramount Plus, whatever it came on. Um, So I don't know. Like it shows Steven Yeun in it. And then it showed. uh it showed a Tracy Morgan, and I'm pretty sure that that Tracy Morgan clip is from the Twilight Zone. So I, I don't know if that's bogus. See, yeah, it's probably. But bogus. I saw a couple of different YouTube videos that was like, you know, trailer review. All I know of, all I've heard people really talking about is the poster, and that's good enough. Dude, for dude. I mean, Steven Yun, Kaluya, and Kiki Pond. It's already, dude. Already, I mean, but I guarantee they're going to be adding more people, and you're like, oh my god, oh this is going to be fantastic. I mean, it's his last movie. I think he only wanted to do three. Oh, he's doing that Quentin thing. He's done. So do you think that they're going to tie it together? Do you think that we will ever get an us, whatever, you know, maybe not a no, sequel, but is no. this going to be in the us universe? Are these all these movies in the us universe or maybe even more properly in the, um, oh my gosh, get I out. just forgot. Thank you. I was going to say, go fuck off. I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. Get out. I don't see. Here's the thing. I'm not sure. He hasn't denied they're in the same universe, and I don't think he'll put anything that ex- explicitly takes that out of the possibility. So we'll be able to just say they're all in the same universe because he will not say he won't do anything in the movie to be like, see, it's impossible for them to. No, he'll let us ride with it. But I don't think it's going to be an explicit that this is in the same universe because it totally could be. It could. It totally could be. But I don't I don't want him to say it is. I want exactly. Like said, I want yeah. it to be like speculation. Put in your little yes. hints. 
but don't be like M. Night Shyamalan and say, hey, oh, Jesus. you cracked no. the case. No. You know, don't eat it. <laughs> and the sad thing is M. Night, man, I think, okay, I, after reading an article on, on well, not an article, like a, a, a thread on Twitter, I think he's gotten a raw deal. Because I didn't really dig his little thing either. But when they actually went through the movies he's made, I've liked a bunch of I like them. a bunch of those movies. I don't give a fuck what people say. I mean, like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's not that bad. But he does do a thing. If he does it in one movie, it's enough to mess up a, a, your brain with him. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, that ending. It's just like, she's M. Night Shyamalan with his. But you know what the craziest thing to me is? And uh, maybe that? you guys are going to make me feel even crazier. I feel like I'm the crazy one because I think that Signs is one of his best movies. Absolutely. And people fucking hate Dude, that movie. Not no, a question. No, 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 no. People, people need to calm down. Signs is good. It's fan- that That freaking alleyway scene. Yeah. When I watched that in the theater, I jumped out of my seat. That mm-hmm. was pretty shocking. Oh, my God. And it's not even a jump scare. No, it's just it's a shocking wasn't the right word. I guess shocking would be a good word. If it I saw was, that in real life, I would be shocked for sure. Dude, and when he was like, Vominos, Vominos children. Gee, I was dying because he was so scared. He's like, get out of the way. Like, that was one of Joaquin Phoenix for me. One of his best roles. <laughs> Vominos. <laughs> <laughs> I think it another good so one, good. another great movie of his, and I think he, I think it was a full-on Shyamalan movie, was uh, The Visit. Oh, Jesus, dude. Did you see that one, Quentin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Loved it. Yeah, we've talked about it before, but that's, so a, that's a super solid submission, man, With the in the Shyamalan. Now, Glass is uh, Yeah, I got to tell you, I want to tell you something. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is the only, only director that I walked out of his movies in the theater. You walked out of one of his movies? Oh, ooh, let me guess. Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, I'm going to go with The Village. No, it was Glass. You were right. Dude, like, oh, you okay. walked out in the middle of Glass? Easily. Oh, come on, dude. I said, I, there was a part of me that like, because I love Split. Unbreakable yeah. is fine. Um, but like, they destroyed McAvoy's character for me, like in, in the beginning. And I was just like, you know what? This isn't the same film. And then some more stuff happened. And then, like, I think it was when Anya Taylor-Joy said, like, they're going to the city. I said, you know, I'm just going to go home. And so I just left. Hmm. I still have no idea how it ends. That's some strong feelings right there. I don't know if it was walkout (laughs) material for me, but that was another movie where I was convinced it was better than it was until I actually sat around for a second. And then on the rewatch, because I had to rewatch it just to see. Yeah, that ending is just so, like, you never saw it, Quentin, but it's... uh. It's so terrible. Just so I, terrible. I don't know I why think, they even bothered to do that, you know? I think Unbreakable is a bad movie. Just a straight up. People like that movie. It's a bad movie. It's boring I to me. I, I think Thank it's you. Like it is a snooze fest, dude. An absolute snooze fest. I don't get so, it. I uh, I watched Old yet last night. I was oh, going to go. I want to see that so bad, dude. Do you? Uh, we're going to talk about this one next week, but I'm curious. Okay. I don't. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to ruin anything. I'm yes, just going to say, uh, you when you it? guys when you guys see it, I'm going to be listening in hard. Okay, so you won't rate it at all, just without any type of uh, no. God no. You, no rating. I won't give you anything. I'm sorry. That's fair. That's okay. Oh, we'll talk. Oh about wait, it next wait. Week. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'm sorry, it's I'm sorry not Quentin. Fine, he's, he's using the tone, Quentin. I have to okay. allow this. Yeah. What do you want? You can give a rating. Okay, I'll give you a rating. Thank you. All right. All right. Oh, shit. 
Okay, I will give you a rating, but I'm not adding okay. anything to it. I'm just giving okay, you no, a fair. blank totally out of five, fair. nothing else. Because Totally fair. Well, no, actually, I will, because fuck you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it three out of... Yeah, three out of five sandcastles, done. Okay. Ooh, that's, that's three promising. out of... Dang on! I think it's going to be a good movie, G. I think so, dude. I'm excited. I don't understand. Like, the, the trailer doesn't really look that bad to me, but people are, like, just shitting all over it. It looks great, dude. It looks it fine. Looks I don't know if it's great either, but it just looks fine. Like, okay, I'll go check it out. So I have no... Uh, I'm going to go in with a pretty... Even though I've seen the trailer and I get the idea of what it's about, I, I'm still pretty clean on it. Like, I have no um, no theories in my head or any spoilers or anything like that. I don't plan on doing any hashtag searching for it. So I will check it out probably next week. I will definitely be talking about it next week. Yeah, I seriously can't wait to hear weekend? your guys' thoughts. What up, Steve? You're going to see it this weekend? Um, maybe. I don't know exactly when I'm going to see it because I have to work, but I will get it done. Oh. You're going to check it out? Yeah, I'm going to go. I, I want to see the... Uh, because I just... It was one of those trailers and I'm just like... When it said M. Night Shyamalan, I had to, at the end, say, you know, say what you will about him. He knows how to do a trailer. Say mm-hmm. what you will about him. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, because even the trailer, what was that? What was the movie where nothing happened with Mark Wahlberg? The Vanishing, right? No. No. Not The Vanishing. I'm sorry. You're close, the, though. Yeah. You're there. The, the uh, God damn it. What the hell was that movie? <laughs> We're dealing with something beyond our control. Yes. What was that? The, um... Now you got the vanishing in my head. <laughs> happening. The happening. Yeah. That was, movie, dude, was just terrible. Terrible. What's going on here? What do you guys think? We do? What do you guys think we should do? It's a transformer. Oh, really it's a transformer. <laughs> Something. What's going on? Hey, how you doing over there? Optimus Prime. Say how do you make it for me, dude? Every time I hear his voice, I always think of, "Hey, goat." I'm like, "Yep, that's hey, how he talks." You're just a goat, <laughs> ain't you? <laughs> Dan, fuck, stop, dude. <laughs> that is, you're just a goat. I, was he the oh. first one to do a good Mark Wahlberg? Was Mark Wahlberg the first person no, to do No, I was, would say um, so. The guy from SNL. Oh, that was, uh, well, oh, what was that? That was uh, Sandberg, right? Wasn't it, don't people now do his thing now? Yeah, like, say, hi for, like, say hi to your mother for me. Say hi to Sandberg. your mother. I don't even know if he ever said that before. I don't before. think he ever did. That's just like, <laughs> that's one of those, like, and I could be completely wrong about this being a, a West Coaster, but it just seems like that's one of those stereotypical things that you you hear in the neighborhood, you know? Oh, for in, sure, dude. That's how and, they talk and, to each other in the neighborhood. Hey, how's your mother? Well, like a comedian said, he's like, uh, no, Dana Carvey was saying, um, uh, not going to do it. He's like, he never said that. It was just, it was fun for, it's a thing that I came up with. And just like, um, what's the deal? He's never said that in a standup, but it's a thing that it's someone thing, came yeah. up with. Yeah. You just come up with it and now everyone says it. Who, I guarantee you say, how do your mother form? Mark Wahlberg, who came up with a, what's the deal, Steve? I don't know who came up with what's I the deal. I think it was uh, Gilbert Godfrey, if I'm not mistaken. Does he do a Seinfeld? Yeah. He's like, why the people? Tie their shoes. Like it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't. Gilbert he just Godfrey does a, he does just a, does a bunch of Seinfeld questions, but he doesn't do like a full on Seinfeld impersonation. I can't imagine his voice calming yes. down enough to do a I, don't, I was just going to say the timbre of Gilbert Godfrey's yes. voice won't allow him to have anything. It else. would throw me off. I'd be like, whoa. Well, he's not always <laughs> like this. He doesn't do that all the time. He does. He had a, I think it was in the early 2000s, maybe the late 90s. That was his material from the late 90s. He, his voice he, is the closest to like what a computer dial up is. That's so 
That is so funny, dude. He, and he's, and he's. I remember, like, uh, but I didn't know he did Seinfeld. Though. I gotta look that up. I gotta now. look it up too. Yeah, I'm yeah, very I'm sure excited for this. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. All right, you want to start? Whatever. Oh, did you want to do contact or did you want to get into the movies? Contact information. You know, I was thinking about that. It's been kind of like a hot minute since I've done that, huh? People are like, oh fuck, here we go again. Fuck, <laughs> fuck. Really, dude? Like, it's how long is it gonna be? You know what? You guys are in luck because the. Uh, hold on, maybe do I have it? Let's see. I don't have any nothing for you today. So I'll just tell you right now. If you guys want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That is Heroes of <laughs> Sorry. That is Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. You see, Steve, I don't have the music, so the flow's all off, right? If you want to hit us up on Twitter, hit us up at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan at Dan Q Public, Steve at S E underscore Hudson Music. And then you can get all of it at www.heroesofnoise.com. I will spare you the goofy slogan. Or what's that called? A jingle, I guess, behind me. Let's just continue. Let's do it. That wasn't so, as good. Uh, it didn't feel good. It was fantastic. It didn't feel good. I, 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 10 out of 10, gonna, bro. It's going to bother me all day. Thanks, I bro. say 10 out of 10, especially because you've already done the Stephen King, Dave Matthews thing. Dude, you're yeah. Good. You're you're like so in the bag, dude. You are so in yeah, the bag right good. now. Like, I'm going to be telling that joke for years and give you no credit. No question. <laughs> I'm going to call you groceries. You know why, Dan? Because, well, I have an idea, but... <laughs> 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 and you'd be right, sir. You'd be right. <laughs> Pardon me while I rinse and gargle real quick. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right, we're good. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's get into movies. Hey, guess what, everybody? Movie. We watched some movies this week, and we watched some other stuff, too. And uh, let's talk about it, shall we? Now, Steve, I know that you haven't watched everything that I watched. So... I'm just going to do a quick mention on something and then uh, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Fair Let's enough. Do it. All right. So, uh, but I want to include the, you know, super Q in this. Now, Quentin, did you watch masters of the universe revelation? I didn't get around to it. Sorry. No worries. That's okay. I think I'll just give a really quick, cause it just came out today and uh, I would be like, I've sat, I've been sitting on this for like, as you have Steve for how long? Like, maybe two, three months. So yes, obviously you didn't have any time to watch it, but that's okay. I'll just go ahead and continue. So <laughs> masters of the universe revelation. This is a brand new take on masters of the universe. He man and masters of the universe. Uh, when you were kids, maybe you watched it. Maybe you weren't born yet. Maybe you were a twinkle in your parents' eye, but it existed. And to be honest with you, if you go back and watch it, it sucked. I used to go home every day and watch this show, you know, after school and stuff. And back then when you're a dumbass kid it all, it all seems just fine and dandy. But when you go back as an adult, it's pretty freaking bad. Kevin Smith got involved and he actually created Masters of the Universe Revelation. He and Mark Bernardin wrote this, actually. And uh, I got to tell you, it is a very, very solid comeback. Like, I'm I'm really excited about this because it actually is coming in two parts. The first part dropped today. And what I like about this is it's going to be a take that people aren't prepared for. There's going to be a lot of crying fanboys today because all I'll say without getting into the plot is... The other show was called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, right? This one is just called Masters of the Universe Revelation. Mm. So I will leave it at that. Is there He-Man in this? Yes. But how much He-Man? I don't know. You're just going to have to check it out. But listen to this cast. You got Chris Wood as He-Man. Adam Gifford as uh, Victor. Uh, hold on. Diedrich Bader, Steve. You know him? Of course. He's playing Trap Jaw. My favorite line of Diedrich Bader when they go, uh, what would you do with a million dollars? Like, you know what? Probably two chicks at once, man. You ever see that movie? Office Space. Check it out if you haven't. Liam Love Cunningham. It. Liam Cunningham. 
Game of Thrones, Man at Arms, perfectly cast for this one. Steven Root as Cringer, perfectly cast. You've got Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila, Mark Hamill as Skeletor, and he's fucking killing it in this. He, he, because I think that um, Skeletor, like if you don't really know He-Man and you, and you see Skeletor, he's kind of threatening. Like he's up there with like Darth Vader as far as his looks go. Even if you haven't watched an episode of He-Man, you know who Skeletor is. But I think a lot of people think that he's like more scary than he is, whereas actually he's kind of bumbly and, and, you know, he gets himself into these situations. Mark Hamill does such a good job with this. Lena Headey as Evil Lynn, and she steals the show. I'm just letting you know. Uh, are you worried about uh, Orko? Don't. Everything's good. I'm not going to tell you. I've seen the whole thing. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but I'm going to tell you that I enjoyed this. You've got Jason Mewes, of course, as Stinkor. Of course. Of course. You're going to, you know, get, hey. get the part. Give it to your hey. buddy, right? Yeah. Justin Long as Roboto. And then Kevin Conroy as Merman. And it's just this super solid cast. I'm really gonna, not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I will tell you that I am very much enjoying this. I cannot wait for the next part to come. I don't know exactly when that is, probably by the end of the year, but I think we're in for a ride. And then for all you crybabies, I'm not even going to say why. Don't worry about it. I think it's going to work itself out just fine. Just be patient, okay? So since no one has seen this here, I'm going to go ahead and rate this. I will give... He-Man, excuse me, I will give Masters of the Universe Revelation a very, very solid four out of five uh, Fallen Heroes. I'll say that. Oh, don't worry about it. That says nothing. It it says everything and nothing at the same time. I'm okay with that. I don't even know if it really relates to the show as far as like the term. I was just having a little trouble. Everything and nothing all at once. Mm hmm. Yes. I like that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. No, I have nothing else to say. Okay, all right. I just came up with that amazing, like, I think I might turn that into something. Isn't that a lyric? No, not at all. I think it might be, but that's okay. No, no, it's fine. No, it's good. All right. You're biting. Hey, guys, guess what? You know what? I took a shower last night, and um, I got B.O. today. I don't know what's going on with that. I I guess I just didn't, I didn't use the, uh, it's a hot day in Fresno, California, and I guess I didn't use deodorant before I went to sleep, and guess what? I think I got B.O. I'll let you know. Smell like a cumin factory up in this bitch right now. You know what's funny that you say that? Why? You know what's funny? Today, you got BO2? Gee, I was at Muay Thai. We were fighting, and I was like, some one of these niggas smell like onions. <laughs> who drove, who <laughs> drove a truck of onions around the corner? Next thing you know, I forgot to put on deodorant, G, before I left. And I felt so, then it messes up your whole, but then I was like, you know what? Screw it. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, There's Dan? nothing you can do, because I just, this little out, like off comment that I just made right now, it's because I'm living it in real time right now. So I it's went to life. go like- you know, flip the page on my computer here, change something up. And I caught a little whiff of cumin. So, you know, <laughs> but maybe it's, I, I'm thinking, here's my idea. Here's my opinion. I think it's pheromones. G. Maybe you think we that, shouldn't be putting deodorant on at all. So it makes stinky people like stinky people. No, I think we have been conditioned to think it smells bad. Because we're so used to smelling flowery, weird, scented stuff on us that the natural smell of a human being smells bad to us now. Mm, maybe, maybe. That brings up a topic, though, that I uh, overlooked on PCL the other day. Ooh, can't wait. So, Quentin, did you watch uh, uh, Fear Street 1666? Oh, yeah. I could have said that normally. Sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. Very <laughs> musical. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, shit. Sounds like Jigsaw, man. All right. Just a quick comment and we're going to move along. We're just going to move along. Love it. <laughs> um, if you've seen 1666, oral sex in 1666 must have been so rough, son. So rough. 
So rough. Okay, I'm done. Let's just move along. That's My buddy right. mentioned that too. Why would it be rough? Dude, come on. It's 1666, Steve. They had water, dog. They had water. I didn't see any water around there. There was they a were, lot going on. There was a lot of stressful situations, a lot of hiking. They had a, they had a well. Well, I don't think she used it. I bet. I'm just saying. She, you are you were going really like the they had water and didn't wash in in 1666. Bro, I'm right? telling you. There was no Axe body spray around back then. Like something. Thank the Lord. Could, I would take BO up. over Axe any day of the week. I, I just was just throwing it. You I've better Axe somebody. Axe. You like that? You hear what I, I do? I do like that. Mm. You're pretty good yeah, day, buddy. Hey, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying <laughs> this to do guy, this thing, man. This guy is good. But anyway, that's all. It wasn't even her funny. I was if, like, I wasn't trying to be funny. I literally wanted to say that because like, oof. That's all I thought when I saw that scene. And I will move along now because I'm acting like I'm 12. Next up, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else can I talk about real quick before we get to the group conversation? I will let you know that I have, uh, I can't talk about it all, but I have seen every single episode of season two of Ted Lasso. Ooh. Proud of you. And uh, I will tell you folks that I didn't do shit this week, and that's why I got to watch all this television, but it was actually, uh, I, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. The first episode is uh, very solid. I'm going to give this uh, like four and a half. Four and a half out of five. I won't even like give you any type of uh, rating other than that, just because no one has seen it yet. Most people haven't seen it yet, but we are back in fine form with Ted Lasso. And all I'll say with this one is that um, Danny Rojas is having some issues in the first episode. He does something that's pretty goddamn funny and also kind of uh, uh, sad, I guess, at the, at the very beginning of the episode. And because of this, he's having some issues with him, like his game. He's, his game is off. He's struggling. He's no Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas. None of that's there because he's like really, really depressed. So they bring in a team psychologist who's going to be a cast member with the rest, like for the rest of the season. I'll tell you that much. And um, that's really all that's going on with that one. Uh, I will say that Roy Kemp is probably my favorite character of the season. He is just like there's just such good writing going on with with this show. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, dude, he's he's amazing. So. I don't want to say much more other than Brett Goldstein's kind of my hero right now. Uh, Tahib, I think it's Tahib Jima who plays Sam is also just fantastic in this. Juno Temple, the whole cast is amazing. And it's just, uh, you know, it's it's a different take on Ted Lasso season one. They, they have to move the story forward. Is it better than season one? That's for you to decide. But I'm enjoying it and I hope you guys do too. So there we go. That's the other review I was going to do. Love and it. Then, and then uh, lastly, do I want to do this one? I don't know if I want to do this one or not, Steve. Should I do it? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to save the last one for next week when we talk about it. But what I'm referring okay. to is Schmigadoon. I've seen that, too. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now let's get to the big show. Steve, what would you like to do first? Let's do Pig. Mmm, Pig. All right. Since you picked, Steve, any comments before we get started in the main review? No, not at all. Not at all. That tells me something. All right. All right, Q, you got to watch this one, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. We're talking about Pig, a truffle hunter who lives alone in Oregonian wilderness, must return to his past in Portland in search of the beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. Directed by Michael Sarnowski, uh, written by Vanessa Block and Michael Sarnowski. Stars Nicolas Cage, Alex Wolf, and Adam Arkin. And then a pig as well. And um, <laughs> you know what, Q? Go ahead and go first, buddy. Guest of honor. Um, do you, non-spoiler, right? Uh, you know what? I don't care. Let's see. Steve, yes, spoil the one? piss okay, out of this. Yes, okay, so Steve's already please. given his review, basically, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to go ahead and say, let's go ahead and spoil the shit out of it. We're going to have spoilers on this one, so you have been warned. Q, go. Okay. I am going to 
give a lot of props to Nicolas Cage. I, for one, haven't seen a lot of his later films. Uh, I've probably seen um, Mandy. Yeah, I saw Mandy. And that's like kind of the realm that I know he's in now with the films that he's making. Um, they're kind of just more off the wall. And so I wanted to see this because, uh, one, it's just, it's just called Pig. Um, it grabbed my attention there. But one of the actors that's in this, in this, and it's kind of, you know, there's not a lot of people in this. So I really appreciate that. So like it, it it's easier to follow and everything. And you kind of get closer with these core characters is Nat Wolf's character. And I really love Nat Wolf. He, uh, he, he was actually an old, he's an old, and then he's, he was in Hereditary. And I've loved him so much in everything that he's done. And so seeing him in, seeing him in this was just kind of a treat. Um, and I think that his dynamic with the character of uh, Nick Cage's, what, what's his name? Rob. Rob? Rob, uh, Robin. Oh, oh uh, yes, yeah. yeah. His name yeah. is Robin. That's right. Um, but yeah, like I, I really like his dynamic with Rob um, to the point where like everything that happens in this film, I love seeing the reaction of both Rob and then Alex Wolf's character because they're just so different from each other. And um, without getting too much into it, I, I think my favorite scene is the restaurant scene where he talks to the chef. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the like I was sitting up. Cause I was so engaged and like, I probably watched this kind of late at night. So I wasn't trailing or anything because for a film that doesn't have too much going on, um, it kept my attention really well, but the, the restaurant scene was something that I really paid attention to. And, um, overall I really enjoyed this film. I'm going to give it, uh, I'm is it okay if I rate it? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 3.9 out of 5. Uh, <laughs> I, was trying to think, uh, I was trying to think of a really funny one because, you know what, I'm just going to go real simple. 3.9 out of 5 uh, bloody Nick <laughs> Cages. Nice. Okay. All right. Steve, what do you think? Um, These... As Dan probably knows, these are the sort of movies I just don't like. These slow burn A24 behind movies. You're this not an A24, A24 guy, movie. are you? I know. Next week will be interesting. But come <laughs> it's on. like, here's the thing, dude. It's like yes. A24 is like, A24 is like, ladies and gentlemen, the horror story, grass growing. I'm like, of course it is. And everybody leaves the theater like, yo, did you see how the grass was growing though? I'm like, yes, yes, we did. Did you yes. see how the director put the sunlight on the individual <laughs> blades though? Did you see that? Go back and watch it. I hey, think I see that it was grandma in the blades. And there's like, exactly, Dan, exactly <laughs> the kind of bull crap. You see her silhouette in the blades? I don't care. I don't care. Shout out to Jack Blades of Night Ranger, by the way. I like him. All right, please go on. <laughs> I do this movie. When I was watching it, I know a movie is ill when I'm watching it and I think of Dan. I'm watching it. I'm like, like that I motherfucker. Dan. Yes. I was like, why Dan? Something's about to happen because Dan wouldn't have picked this movie if nothing happens. And then at the end, he's there's something. All of a sudden, you know, you're at a, a silent part. And I'm like, oh. Remember, credits. we're in spoilers. You can get specific. 
gee, he's just sitting there. And then the credits start rolling. And I'm like, <laughs> I am so, so very bad right there now. Because <laughs> I thought I'm sitting there staying awake. Because I'm like, okay, something's going to, I know it. It can't just be this guy just randomly meandering around searching for his pig, which is very reminiscent of another movie people are stealing from fairly often nowadays. And I'm like, okay, we got it. Let's, is this going to, and I know there's some sort of deeper meaning, probably, (laughs) sort of, but I didn't catch it. I'm like, I I just do. I will give this movie, man. I will give this movie a, and this is only because Nick Cage, he doesn't act different than, this is like Nick Cage now. Like, there's nothing like, wow, he really showed me something I've never seen from Nick Cage. This is like a normal Nick Cage thing. I give it a 1.5 out of 5 dead pigs. Wow. Damn. Really coming with the spoiler there, bud. Yeah, I'm trying. That's okay. All right. Well, you really uh <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, split the difference here, I think. So when I went into this movie, I was listening to my podcast peers, okay? Seeing uh-huh. various postings and tweets and such yeah. about this movie and how it's incredible and um, which immediately, <clears throat> personally, I don't always just like immediately go incredible with Nicolas Cage. Because yes. for me, he's a hit and miss kind of guy. And mm-hmm. uh, he has definitely had some hits. For, in my opinion, I know there's some movies that you don't like. You did not like Mandy, Steve, right? I haven't seen Raising Arizona. Or no, you, what was the other one? Oh, you, okay, first of all, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. Because if you haven't seen Raising Arizona, you are missing out on Ultimate Cage. Oh, the best absolutely. Cage. The best oh, cage. Absolutely. I don't give a fuck I, what you say about uh, Con Air. None of that shit. Give me Raising Arizona. I loved Nick. Oh, um, uh, from um, Moonstruck. I even like Moonstruck is fantastic too. Yes, dude. So we know that he's got that acting, like he can really, he's got the chops. Whether he chooses to use them or not is a because you can can get that, you can get the really strong acting chops, or you can get like, uh, oh, I don't know. Just think of like the weirdest Nicolas Cage movie. Okay, here's one that I just couldn't stand, and I think you liked it was Willy's Wonderland. I just thought that was trash. How about we get Nicolas Cage to not say a fucking word the entire movie and just <laughs> praise him and suck his dick because he was Nicolas Cage in the movie. And That's I won't true. do that. But face off, he was a lunatic. You can suck so his that dick was a good. I'm just saying. But yeah. um, so I liked this movie, Steve. But here's the deal. I was expecting a different movie for the way that they're selling it. And you've already kind of hinted to why they're sort of uh, low key selling it like it's a John Wick movie in a way. You know, I'm coming coming for my pig. So I'm thinking I'm going to get Nicolas Cage kicking a bunch of ass. And what happens is he just gets his ass kicked. Like, what a weird scene that was. No, but I'll talk about that. I think he did that because he did it as a form of payment. Because remember, he goes into the 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 underground area, wherever it was, the hotel that it used to be or something like that. And he was saying that this restaurateur had his his crew basically mm-hmm. having fights down below in the basement for years and years. And if you mentioned a big name, then there'd be a lot of betting going on. Therefore, the guy that's running this thing is going to get paid well. That's how I took it. So when he goes in there and people know who he is and he writes his full name up on there for the first time in the movie, everyone's like, oh, and that's when the money starts dropping as you see people doing that. So I, I felt like he did that scene. Uh, spoilers again, ladies and gentlemen, he goes in and he gets his ass just pummeled. He does not throw one punch the entire time. He just gets beat to shit to where they actually have to pull the guy off of him. I felt that he did that. It's like, I'm going to give you the big show. You're going to get the big payoff. I'm just asking for a favor. Therefore, I've paid you with blood. You know? Mm hmm. 
that's all you're just saying, you you know, uh, I think in some way, shape or form, you had mentioned that you weren't really sure what was up with that. That's the take that I have from it. Okay. I can tell you're not buying it. That's okay. I'm going to keep on. Going. <laughs> no, I'm saying may, cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking back and I'm like, I can see that. And the sad part is it does not improve the movie, but go forward, go forward, please. So I found his acting to be, uh, how can I put it? It wasn't bad acting and it was, it wasn't, it was good acting. It's just that, uh, I was expecting more from him. You know what I mean? Like I just saw a movie where he didn't say shit. And then this yeah. movie, he does have some lines where he like, uh, for instance, the restaurant scene. That was a great scene. I liked it. First of all, aren't there health codes? Like the dude had blood all over his face and shit. He shouldn't have been allowed in the restaurant anyway. No one's really acknowledging how this man looks the whole time. But there are these scenes where he, his, his character does come out. And it's one of the, that's, it's that particular scene. It's also the scene that he does very well with the father, the chef, uh, Darius, I believe his name was. I think that Nick Cage's presence in this movie is more in the writing than it actually is in Nick Cage. If that makes any sense. Like, I want to see the story we didn't see with this movie. I want to see what exactly happened. Like they, they tell you again, spoilers again, I can't say it enough. He's a, he's a, he's a former famous chef that in another lifetime was at the top of his game. He was world renowned. Everyone loved this guy. Everyone liked his food, liked his food. Uh, there's a certain story arc in this where he once created a meal so good that this person talked about it for years and years and years. It was a couple that had this food and there was like their favorite meal ever. And then, and then the, the, one of the couple, the wife gets sick. And it, it, anyway, I guess this, this was just like a really, I don't know this, I guess now that I'm talking about it, it is a little bit cheesy, but they just fucking love this meal. Let's just say this. Okay. Because the person that did love the meal is also a chef. And so again, as a form of payment, he makes this meal for him to get him like, emo, you know, like emotional. Like yeah. I haven't, I've been talking about this meal forever. I haven't had it since. I have this taste in my mouth now and I'm reminded of my wife and I break down and therefore I'm going to give you the key to the city kind of thing. You know, that's, that's how I took it. I just think that they should have given him a little bit more. He should have said more in the movie because I wanted to know who this character was. I wanted to know who Robin really was, how he got there. What happened to his wife? Did he have kids? Like what was the, what exactly was it that made him outside of his wife passing away decide to just become this hermit up in the Hills? You know, I want to see this, the, the, I guess the devolution of this guy, you know, watching him break down. I didn't get that. I don't think that a sequel is required for that, but maybe I'm badly. I'm going to say that I did enjoy this movie, Steve. I think that um, if you are into Nicolas Cage and you've been into his, you know, the stuff that he's been doing over the last few years, I think this is just fine as far as another submission of his. It's certainly no jujitsu. Oh my God. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> it's not, it's not a good movie. It's uh it's way better than that. So I guess we didn't really spoil it too much. But I do like the interaction between him and now you said Nat Wolf. I see Alex Wolf. Is that? Oh, did I like say Alex? Nat? Yeah, that's okay. I just didn't. Oh. I don't know of Nat Wolf. So, oh, that's his um, brother. I they ah. they kind of look alike. And uh, the, okay, I'm not trying to. No, I am. I'm showing my age a little bit. But uh, they had a show on Nickelodeon called The Naked Brothers Band, and that was right up my alley when I was younger. And then they kind of was he just, in The Naked Brothers Band? They both were Nat and Alex. No shit. My kid used to be way into that. I had no yeah, idea. They look just like each other. Yeah. Alex was the like the was the drummer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I didn't watch all the shows, but it was right. constantly on in my house. Like I think they even had an album that I bought for my kids. Right. Or something like that. So yeah. Ooh, my uh, kid, probably downloaded that shit. <laughs> yeah. Alex Alex <laughs> Wolf, he uh he was the drummer and he's been in a lot of stuff lately. Nat Wolf was in that uh 
shit. Death Note remake with uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, they do look a lot alike. Yeah. Yeah. Just one has okay. a mole and right. the other right. doesn't. So <laughs> I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Alex, I, I did like the play between those two as far as just this whole like, uh, like what the like he just did not understand this guy at all. But at the same time, he has this little secret that he's carrying with him. So he, I think he deserved. I, I think that uh, what happened to his car was just. You know what I mean? It should, mm-hmm. should have been more than that. But I like the way right. that they play off of each other. Um, but the thing is, honestly, with this movie, I know a lot of people are really digging it, and that's cool. And if that's your jam, then fucking rock and roll. Enjoy it. Spread it out. Tell you know, tell everyone that you want that will appreciate this movie. For me, I thought that this was just a fine submission of Nicolas Cage, better than his last movie, a uh, last couple of movies actually. Um, but it did leave me wanting more. It's not a bad movie by any means. I'm going to go ahead and give this one a two out of five dented automobiles. Perfect. Okay. <clears throat> it's, 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 uh, I don't, I, I'm not as high praise as, as Quentin is, but I'm definitely not in the hate zone like Steve is. So. No, you're not. This Just an is, average, this... perfectly fine movie, in my opinion. I think that people are giving it a little too much praise, but that again is just my opinion. I will still put this, you know, now I got to think. Now saying A24 movies, I don't know if I'll even put this. <laughs> you know, come on. I think oh, I know where you're going. This may be better than a few <laughs> A24s. Do you hate it as much as, wait, was that an A24? Um, Some, oh, uh, Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. yeah that's no, was an A24. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to get the gauge. Oh, no. I don't hate it as much as Midsummer. Okay. That's honestly fair. I know people that love it. I know people that hate it. If I've seen it three times and dislike it, it, do I really dislike it? No, you don't. There's certain things I appreciate about that movie. Like, there's just some visuals that I can't get out of my head. Yeah, that's the thing. Because most people I know liked it. I liked it from an artistic point of view, not necessarily from a story point of view. That movie was... Anyway, 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 we're not talking about Midsummer, you crazy some of bitches. We're talking about new stuff. So, uh, OK, moving on from pig. Let's go with, uh, you know, because of the people that I have on right now, I'm going to go ahead and defer to Steve. What do you want to do? Uh, let's do uh, what, what do you mean? Well, there's going to be one where I might kind of sit out a little bit more. So which one? Mc, uh, McCartney three, two, one. So will I, because remember, I only watched part of it. That's okay. You don't have to watch the whole thing. I'm actually not through the entire thing just yet myself, but I've watched a matter of fact, I think I have one episode left. So I haven't watched a whole one episode, Dan. Steve, you should do podcasts where you talk about stuff that you watch. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be, let's just do. uh, Has anybody ever told uh, you that, that you've got a knack for just. uh, People do say that. A few people have said that I have a knack for talking. I got to be careful because when I start fucking with Steve, it'll go to a dark zone real quick. So I got to like pull back sometimes that's true because dan gets he'll get mean be like i'll start getting mean your (laughs) your mom never loved you i'm like jesus (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right then let's go ahead you know what let's talk about the forever purge then okay let's do it let's do it so all the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decides that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak and instead should never end this movie is directed by everett gout excuse me everado gout um, have you ever had the gout? Anyone here? That shit no. is not fun. I've never had it, but I've seen it. And I would highly suggest that you take care of yourself and don't drink too much because the gout's a bitch. But let's move along. James DeMonico 
And uh, also, this says based upon the characters created by James DeMonico. So I'm not entirely sure what they mean oh. with that. But it stars the lovely, the lovely Ana de la Roguera, and then uh, Tenac Huerta, and Josh Lucas, who's a son of a bitch in this movie. Let me tell you what. Uh, this is, what's, what's the mission are we on now? What, what number movie is this in the Purge universe? Four? Is this six? Or uh, wait, hold on. I literally oh, just five? watched all of them. I think them. it might be the this is fifth. This I has think to be it's five. the fifth one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, is it good? Is it a nice entry into? Is it a nice closure to the uh, the purge? Really, uh, what is it? Uh, saga, I guess we can call it, huh? I guess we're about to find out. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and go first on this one. You mind? Okay. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So the Forever Purge starts out, and it is very, very. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet. And of course, this is all fictitious stuff, but it gives me very, very 2024 vibes with mm-hmm. the intro of this movie. Uh, the reason that I say that is, and I won't get political on y'all, but they're talking about, if you listen to the intro of it, they're talking about how the NFFA, which is the the current government, they're actually voted back in again, all right, and immediately reinstate the purge. And we come to, you know, we know why they're doing this because it's it tends to be you know, the NFFA has always been about like trying to be this extreme type of government that's allowing people to behave in a terrible way one night a year to cleanse their the behavior for the rest of the year. And it's always been a little bit of a faulty thing to begin with, right? You're just penting up all this rage and, and violence mm-hmm. in you, and then you just have it all out, right? So not the case with this one. They find out very quickly that this has gotten away from them. And there's now a new... I guess you could kind of call them like extremists that they're they're called ever after. And what they're doing here with this one is I'm going to tell you right now, they are not putting this movie out for like if you're like heavily right wing, you're probably not going to like this movie because it is basically painting a picture of kind of what we have going on right now. But, you know, throwing the purge into it, too. And I think it's a very good example of how, like, if you're not careful with what you're allowing Americans in this case to do this shit's going to get away from you real quick. This is a classic case of like a monster got bigger than the creator on this one. And uh, as far as like the violence goes with this one, I think there have been way more violent movies when it comes to the purge series, but I enjoyed it, man. There was a couple of cool kills that I really liked. One in particularly involves this gate, this uh, goat trap thing, which I thought was really, really creative. Hey, I thought it was actually, Oh, Hey, go <laughs> back to that again. There's that. There's that part. Yeah, there is that part. I forgot about that. Call back. Exactly. Adela is the character's name. She's in the alley and she's looking and she sees this. It's like the day after the purge. So I guess there's going to be some spoilers with this one too. It's the day after the purge. Everyone thinks everything's normal again. They've given their little, you know, joyous applause and they come out to the sunlight and they see what happened around them. So the character of Adela, she walks into this alleyway and she looks down the alley and she sees this cage with a goat into it. So she walks up. She's like, how you doing in the goat? You doing all right? Let's see if I can get you out. (laughs) 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 Now I got myself in a situation. This cage, it seemed to transform. Yeah, this cage. Now it's doing stuff I wasn't expecting it to do. That was probably my favorite like uh, so it wasn't well, I guess there was a kill involved with that one but <gasps> I thought that one was like the coolest of the bunch as far as like the way people can die you yes. know the, the the trapping you like a um, I don't even know what those things are called but when you've seen them and you go to like touristy spots and you put your head and your arms through and you're like oh I'm captured take a picture mom those things that's kind of oh, what it yeah. looked like in this cage 
and then it like flips. It flips her over violently. And then this thing turns around. And I think what that thing was is kind of like that thing in uh, No Country for Old Men, you know, where it's oh, yeah. like a, they, they just bop you in the fucking brain and they put a nice size hole in there and then you're good to go. You become food. Yes, so I'm sir. thinking that's what that thing was. But yeah, that was really cool. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I thought that the, the there was some piss poor acting in this in particular. I think the MVP of the piss poor acting would be this woman that is in this paddy wagon. There's a scene where uh, she's an ever after. There's two of them and she's in there and, and they're like they're strapped into this thing. And it's her. And this is dude with like a swastika on his face. I think those two were probably like the worst parts of the movie for me just because of their shitty acting. But other than that, I think it's a nice uh Nice submission into the into the uh, Purge series myself. So before I, I mean, I'll rate it, but let's talk about it a little bit more. I want to know what you guys think. So uh, I don't know. Q, let's go. Um. Yeah. So I I have like a tiny tiny story if you allow me with the Purge films. Please. Um. I saw the first one when it first came out. I can't remember when, but uh, I really 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 enjoyed it. Um. Because it had Ethan Hawke, and that's what hooked me in. Um, fast forward a couple years, I watched, I think anarchy or whatever. I was like, okay. And then, so I w- I went to go see forever purge, uh, with a buddy of mine and I was like, God, I need to watch the other two that I haven't seen election year and the first purge who had uh, Marissa Tomei. So I ended up just renting all of them on my Xbox and, uh, you know, it's like $4 each. And I got through the first one again and I only watched half of it. And then I just said, this sucks. And I just like went on and did something else. Then I went and saw the forever purge. And then, uh, whenever that came out, you know, like two weeks ago. And so, you know, fast forward and I still have these other purge movies and I'm a frugal person. I don't like just to waste money. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh shit. I still have like two days to watch these other four movies. Boy, I sat there and I watched all four Purge films, or like all five or however many there there were um, that I rented, in like a matter of a day and a half so that I got my money's worth. Wow. <laughs> and, That's awesome. And That's I a hate, lot of sitting right there. Did you I get up and get like blood clots in your legs and shit? Well, let me tell you, my wife... <laughs> my wife... <laughs> that my, was me last week, too. <laughs> my wife can't stand horror films. And it's so funny to me because, like, once she, like, (laughs) I did a representation for my mom of how my wife acts, and she died laughing. I obviously can't do it because you can't see me on video. But basically, she'll come in to the living room, and she'll just, like, glance at the TV, and then she's like, what's going on here? And then she'll sit down and then look at me and goes, what are you watching? And then she's immediately hooked, and she's like, oh, my God, don't go in there. You know, like, she she just does a whole thing. <laughs> she sat there for the whole second Purge film, and then part of the third one, and she's like, this is way too scary. And so we went to bed. Well, little did I know, she ended up staying three hours, uh, staying up three hours uh, later, researching and looking up every Purge film and reading the synopsis and the story behind every single one because she was so scared. <laughs> she's falling down the rabbit hole and i was just like good god and so i feel kind of bad i feel like she should be on the mic right now telling you about the purge films but uh long story short i i promise i was gonna get back to it um the forever purge wow i was very interested because you know like all the other all the, all the other films there's like a date you know, like a, a set time so for the fact that like this is overrun, which I was surprised it took this long, I guess, for us to get a film where people don't want to follow the rules on a night where you don't need to follow the rule. Anyway, um, 
it was it was intense. It was an intense film, but I mean, it it felt like the other films for me. I I wouldn't say that this was any better or worse than the other ones. I think it's just they've had a, a level of quality that is fine. Like I would go and see another one if they made one. Um, but I'm not gonna like sit here counting my days till the next Purge film. But the characters were interesting enough. I totally agree with you in that in that uh, police fan or whatever they were in. Those two characters that we saw, I was like, okay, you know, you got to have those weird ass crackheads. But um, yeah, I I would say that uh, if we're rating it, I'd probably give it. I don't know, maybe like a two out of five. You know, uh, swastika heads and. I mean, I'd like I said, I if the next one does come out, I'll probably go back and rewatch all of them. Hopefully, won't make the same mistake when I rent it. But I think it was I I think they're fun enough that you can enjoy the series and not think twice about it afterwards. You know, I mean, you know, love them or hate them, they're all fairly solid as far as uh, giving you that that feel. I don't think that they've ever really strayed too far one way or the other where it's like, this isn't even like a purge movie anymore. Or yeah, like that. I think if you like those kind of movies, then you're going to enjoy this one just fine. Whether or not. I mean, you, I don't think there's ever been a, a purge movie that was like a Oscar worthy. Yeah, it's not going to win anything. The, the, the dark horse, if you will, you know, but they, <laughs> they have some cool moments. They have some very cool Universal Studios Hollywood Horror Night houses. If you uh Get a chance to check that out and never bring one back. Very, very cool. I, Steve, you like that one, right? That was one of our favorites. Oh, yes. Wasn't it? Yes. Scary as shit, actually. Not it was scary, the whole like, theme of that whole night was the purge. Yeah, that was. Uh, Did you guys was, hear that, was, that uh, they. That was a rough night, Steve. That they were going to. They, like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm totally going to butcher this. Um, I was in college. This is probably like in 2013 or 14. I think it was right after the first one. But. <laughs> In Louisville, and I know I'm saying Louisville, it's Louisville. That's how they say it down in Kentucky. Mm. Um, because I did not I, know that. I, yeah, I went to I went to school at Murray, which is three hours from Louisville and all that stuff. But uh, there was apparently going to be an alleged purge night in Louisville, and like, and obviously it didn't happen, mm. or else it would be national news. But there was talks of it. Oh. And my so mind went to, I was like, note, of course, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, of course they would of course, dude. do that, you know, but like I said, I don't think anything really happened with it, but I just remember distinctly the only time that the purge has affected any like day conversations I've ever had, except for, you know, obviously this one. So I just want to say this one thing and then I'm going to pass it over to Steve. I know this is like a fictitious story, right? But I think we can all agree with this one. They are very much uh, in tune with the current times that we're in right now. They mention it in the movie. They, you know, they, they say shit like bad hombres and stuff like that. So they're obviously throwing nods to like the, you know, Trump administration, whatever. Yeah. Um, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm telling you the way things are going. I know where you're going. I, oh my I, gosh. I don't think this is that far fetched. I knew you were going the whole time I was watching. I'm like, I know right now Dan is l- like s- s- having a good time, and in his brain, his brain is like, oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. I don't, I'm just that saying that if, it was, <laughs> if something like that was to happen, I would be like, well, fucking, of course. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no, I knew you were thinking that, Dan. Well, no, because I think what this movie is trying to say, it's like I said earlier, it's like if you let the, you know, you can create this monster. Oh, yeah. But eventually this monster is going to get bigger than the creator. And then yes. what do you do? And I yes. totally see that being a potential uh, problem in the near future. I agree. 
maybe I, not purge pro, you know level problem. I mean, listen, <laughs> but maybe I mean, who knows, man? Because exactly. I mean, are you are you agree with me on this or yes, yeah, yes. I mean, and I think that's what there's something about the purge movies for me that even though they're based in like a in fiction, there is a little bit of possible yeah. reality that could happen with them. You know what I mean? Because I honestly, it just takes a movement. That's, that's it. it. You get the, you know, think about like 4chan and all these other fucking places that who knows, uh, what was the name of that site that got taken down? That was, uh, where all like the right wingers were going and everything like that. Oh, parlor. Oh, parlor. Yeah. yeah. Like parlor. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, again, I'm not, I'm not, this is not me trying to attack anyone. I'm just no. saying that when you have these local, like these, um, these groups that are catered to people that are like thinking that the, the government isn't the way it should be anymore, that we're not in the America that we know and love and we're getting everything taken away. Why couldn't there be one person, one voice out there that can like channel everyone together, yes. group them together yes. and start a movement? Shit yes. has happened before. So yes. I think that's why I enjoyed this one so much. Uh, I'm not saying like it's like the best movie I've ever seen, but I enjoyed it so much because in the back of my fucking head, I'm like, man, that, that is a, that's a possibility. <laughs> you know? yeah. I really feel that way. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, Steve, I'm taking away from your review. No, no, no. I, I will say this uh, on, I, I love the message of this movie more than I like the movie. Okay. Like re I would love to read this movie. Reading this movie, I'd be like, oh, wow, this is a fun book. But the acting just wasn't there. I think, but I think the, uh, but the message is totally like we, like, here's the thing. 10 years ago, I would have looked at these, some of these people and been like, okay, they're overdoing it. Now I'm like, oh, I just saw this person on Twitter. That's the thing. <laughs> I just saw that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's all over Reddit. Check it out. It's real. Yeah, he is. He's making a fool of himself on Reddit right now. And he's so it's uh, the message is good. It just did. I would say that this is uh, movie wise. One of my least It's probably my least favorite purge. Okay. All right. Because, uh, but the message is my favorite message saying, hey, this is on its way. Yeah. But the movie just wasn't there. Like, it, like again, it would have been, a, I would have read this book or this graphic novel. I would have had a ball reading this as a graphic novel. Yeah. I'd been like, yep, this makes sense. Yep, this is great. I but get the that. acting wasn't there. And so I would give it probably a two out of five. When they, uh, a two out of five bullets to the head. Which I thought was going a different direction. When they put the rope out, I'm like, oh, snap. Are they about to? And I think, and then they, they didn't go that direction. But I was like, oh, are they? When he, they started pulling them, I thought it was going a different direction. Right. Like pulling like, them apart? We, no, I thought they were about to get some lynching on. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought was happening. But it went a different direction. And Josh Lucas, you know, he's that guy that. He's like, um, who's the other dude from uh, The Conjuring? What's his name? Patrick Wilson. They're like in that group of if you walk past them in the mall, you'd be like, hey, uh, hey, you're the um, <laughs> they're in that. You're like, the dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're the guy from the thing that I watched on the day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he does fall into that category. Hey, say the lie. Say the lie, guy. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you know, there's someone out there right now that's probably all pissed off some like total Josh Lucas fans like, no, what about this one and that one? But you know, you would be in the uh, minority, sir. Man, no, I if I was just like, hey, I love your stuff. He's like, what was your favorite movie I was in? I'd be like, Ooh. that one. 
<laughs> you know that one. The one where you got paid, man. That was you, great. Exactly. That one that you did the thing with the girl and the people and the fighting and the thing. That was good, G. Oh, yeah. this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the <laughs> yeah, one. There it is. Those two guys are in that set. But Josh Lucas always delivers. Unfortunately, uh, you knew exactly where this was going. You were like, oh, friends become, you know, enemies Kinda. become friends. I mean, yeah, sort of. Uh, to me, see, that's another thing, Stephen. I'm sorry. I, uh, you know what? No, 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 no. Because uh, I do think that they were going that direction. But at the same time, I think there was even more message that was there. It's like, okay, tell you what, America, Mexico is going to open up their borders for about six hours and let some of you pathetic fucks through there. That was right? a good, yeah, I love that. And so it was like, you know, it was they they showed an actual wall and stuff like that. And I think that they this one was definitely uh, more politically charged than the rest of them. But it also gave the message of, oh, well, look who look who you're asking for help from. No question. I love that. What a fine predicament we're in right now. You know, that's the the, message that I got from it. The message was way better than the movie. Yeah, I agree. Now, I did not expect there was one kill in the beginning where I was like, whoa. Didn't see that coming. I thought I thought he was going to be in it for the rest of the film. But I was like, oh, he got a quick payday for one day of work. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cowboy walk. guy? Yeah. What a waste, right? He, had, I mean, he probably was like, I'll take a check. No. He had the coolest look. Yeah, he was like the most threatening out of all of them. And didn't he have, like, I tried to see, I should have just freeze frame or uh, hit pause. But was it like fingers or something? Did he have like a, a necklace full of some kind of a trophy that he'd been collecting from the people that he'd been killing the night before? No, I'm talking about the the old man in the beginning. Oh, the dad. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. The dad. That one, I was like, wow, really? Like, normally he's in whole movies. They took him out, but at the same time, he did get his uh, the message across. So it's like this movie, he was like, okay, if we're going to take him out so quickly, let's at least make sure that he reinforces the message that yes. we have with this. I did love that. His, his quote was the quote of the movie when he said, I taught my kids to love their country. I probably should have been more specific about what the country represents, though. I was like, oh, that's really good. That's a good little. Uh, he's like, I should have been more specific. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, you should have. <laughs> Too late now. But uh, I, I, yeah, I'll give it two out of five. Uh, five bullets to the head. I thought it was. I'm freaking glad I didn't pay for it. That's oh, one thing. If I would have. I mean, I'm sad. I could have. Hey, I got free. I got regal. I could have gone for free and regal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. See? Did you though? So yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> but I'm saying I could have is what I'm saying. Oh, let me go ahead and give my rating real quick. And yeah. then we will move along to the next one because I failed to do that. Um, I like this movie. I think pretty much what we've talked about is pretty much how I feel about this one. I think it's a solid submission as far as the story goes. The acting was a little bit lacking. But I'm going to keep seeing Purge movies as long as they keep making them. I don't know if we're done now being that the way that this movie sort of like basically just it it ends with America's just gone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Again, I mentioned spoilers, so fuck off. But America's pretty much gone. It's in flames. And so I I don't know if we're done now, you know, or if they're going to like do a reboot or if they're going to do something like that. But you keep giving me Purge movies. I will keep going to the theater and see them that simple. So I'll give this movie a uh, I'm gonna give it two out of five awesome goat cage kills. Boom. All right. And then lastly, ladies and gentlemen, I have a feeling I might be sitting out this one a little bit more than uh, normal, but we're talking about McCartney 321 playing now on Hulu, actually. Steve and Quentin, I have a feeling that you guys are going to be the ones that have most of the conversation with this. So let's go ahead and start with uh, go, Steve. Go ahead. You know, I, I, well, I really wasn't able to uh, watch this one. And I, I just remembered why. 
uh, a certain uh, the way I watch it wasn't working. <laughs> I just remembered why. Basically, Steve it- pays for nothing. <laughs> 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 Well, that's not true. That's not true. Actually, uh, this is why we have Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. You know, <laughs> thank you to our patrons, but, um, by the way, or else we wouldn't yeah, be talking about this one. Uh, this one, I so I it's it's ex- here's the thing. Immediately, I would the, here's the thing. It's a behind the music sort of thing, but I wanted to see a behind the studio lighting because I don't know how they did this. I'm like, is it dark everywhere else except this? little area how are they seeing things it's really interesting how they did it like the studio's almost nothing's there except this amazing uh studio desk the panel the channels the mixer and some speakers like old school hip-hop speakers which makes sense because it's rick rubin um and he and it it doesn't give you any sort of you know him from and you've heard his music from da, da, da. it just immediately goes in saying, want to hear some music? I said, that is so Rick Rubin. That is so Rick Rubin. Want to listen to some music? Sure. Let's do it. And immediately, like I only watched 15 minutes of the first episode and already I'm getting, I got butterflies, absolute butterflies, seeing Paul McCartney nodding his head to his own jams. Like it was beautiful. Like being like, oh, you're going to like this. Watch this right here. And I was like, I never noticed that. That's very interesting. Listen, bro. I Can I can I ruin it already? I haven't seen any more of the episodes. Can I already rate? I will rate it now. But this is unlike you, Steve. Later and tell you that I was right later. This, okay. Now, number one, five. It's not, nothing, no documentary has gotten an end game. And I don't think any documentary will. Summer but, uh, Soul came close. It got a five. It Summer Soul got five, but Endgame is a <laughs> between five and Endgame is a chasm. Um, I will give this automatically. Oh crap! It's a little harder than I thought. That's what she said. It's a little, a little more, more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I will give. Ooh, is it a five? It has to be. Oy! <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that you're being <laughs> fair. Okay, listen. I will tell you this. And then I'm going to jump back out again. Yeah, do that, man. I will tell you, you've seen 15 minutes of this, okay? Yeah, and I don't know how often, if they just sit at this mixer the whole time, I'm in. But if they're just like take away and kind of just start talking about other stuff, which is beautiful. But if it's the mixer all the time, it's a five for me. I will say that it gets, you're going to get that most of the time. I'd say it's probably 90% that. With a few, like, when he's referring, when Paul's referring to, like, Ringo or George or something, mm. because, you know, I don't know why Ringo's not there, which is kind of... I think I, he's I don't know. clocked out, dude. He doesn't Maybe. even want to do that kind of but stuff. But I think he does stuff like that, though. I know I always see him, like, peace and love, peace and love, and doing these, like, these uh, Twitter true. things that he does. You're right. So, it makes me kind of wonder if Paul was like, you know, I'd like to smell my own thoughts, thanks, and just decided to, like, just have it all about him. You know what I mean? Or they just didn't yes. want Ringo in there. But I can say that... I, I think it's like 90% that with just some, you know, showing them with John or whatever, but it's mostly okay. that. So okay. if that helps you at all. I'm going to hold off my rating then uh, because I thought it was going to be nothing, but let's pull down this. Let's pull uh, the drums up. Listen to what he's doing right there. Let's pull the piano There's up. Listen to what he's doing right there. That. Lots of that. Ooh. It's pretty much all of that. 
because I have one episode left and it's still there's still like and what's really cool about that, too, is like there's they're they're showing stuff in this mix that you don't even know was there. And it may not even be like there's parts where Paul's like, I don't even know if it's there or not. (laughs) You know, like like let's isolate it. I don't hear this in that song, but it might be there. So it's that kind of stuff. I would say also um, a lot of it depends on what songs that they show, because, um, you know, if they do lovely Rita, I'm probably going to you already know, run around the room acting a daggone fool. But even I saw, um, you know, I know he does Lady Madonna. I don't understand how he can still play that and sing. I don't understand how he does that piano part and sing. I love how Uh, you must. Okay, so that happened pretty quickly in the movie then, Lady Madonna. Or in the uh, series. Oh, I didn't see it. I just oh, know okay. that some. I, I had read that that he does do that, and that I don't like he did it. Yeah, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, he did that at the concert and sung along, and I'm like, how Lady is he Madonna. doing it? Because it's a boom down gooder. It's a very busy piano part, and he's able to sing along with it. And it's just like Jesus. This guy is just incredible. Um, I and I know that he's probably. I imagine he's probably gonna. Um, you know, go over some of his bass parts. So from what I've seen, the 15 minutes, I'll give the 15 minutes five out of five, and I will tell you what the rest of it's going to be the next time around. Fair enough. Quentin. Yeah, I kind of, I'm going to let you guys down. I, uh, I've only seen two episodes all the way through. Um, this one escaped me. There's a lot on TV uh, this week, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I get done recording here, I, I'm going to try to finish it up, but uh Steve. You know, I think, you know, today, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking, you know what? Well, you know what would be great for episode 166, Self? And Self's like, what? I said, um, how about I get someone that fucking loves the Beatles, right? And I put them together with someone else that loves the fucking Beatles. And then we're going to have this magical conversation. And, and gentlemen, you both disappointed me today. I'm just letting you know. I love you both. <laughs> but I'm, I'm heavily disappointed in you. And if you'd have told me this, I maybe would have saved it, you know? I, I'm just saying. But anyway, qu- please. No pressure. <laughs> no <laughs> <Go> ahead, pressure. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. No, I, and kind of to go off of what you're saying, Steve, it's, I mean, it's magical just hearing Paul talk about the Beatles. And God, I know that we talked about this, you and I, I mean, we did a little stint, you know, you and I. Uh, with another podcast about the Beatles, but need more of that, by the way. Yeah, tell me. Um, I'd love to, but uh, the thing is, it's so interesting to get just the perspective of one of the greatest musicians of our time um, on yes. the songs that he wrote when he was like twenty. Um, it's crazy. He. Think about how old Paul McCartney is. He's like 79 and he uh he spent only like 7 to 8 years of his life with the Beatles. And that's all he'll mostly ever be famous for is because of what he did with the Fab Four. I mean, yeah, he's had his solo stuff, but when you think Paul McCartney, you go straight to the Beatles, not uh, you know, yes, anything else, really. yes. not the Wings. I mean, the Wings are powerful, but the Beatles, I mean, unmatched no. he was part of the best group of all time yeah so he, more of what he has to say about the beatles um it's just insane to me because he remembers so much and when you're that young i mean how perceptive can you be you know he, he and yeah. it just seems like he's 
he just did it. Like he's talking about like it was three years ago, uh, being on a bus with George, you know, and it's insane Jeez, to me, dude. And so when I hear him play, and yeah, I'm going to spoil this a little, a little bit for you, Steve, but like he plays Lady Madonna and sings part of it. And you're sitting there thinking, God. why are you a fucking person? Like, I cannot believe that somebody this <laughs> this great is still this great. And you're going to see later on, like in the in the uh, like I said, I've only seen two episodes, but he is listening to the songs and he's like humming them or um, lightly singing along with it. Like it's nothing. God. And it's the fact that like he's so proud of what he's done. And he's so happy that people have enjoyed it for this long that he's making a Hulu documentary series in 2021 or whenever they filmed it in 2020, whatever, to the fact that, like, he realizes the impact. And you can kind of tell in the way, like, it's very humbling seeing him up there talking to uh, Rick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm... I'm amazed. I'm just sitting there watching him just talk about something that was so powerful in his life. And music has always been the thing for him. And I don't know, like I, I will always be amazed with Paul McCartney and the Beatles. But like I said, it, it felt like for, for once in my life, I'm seeing Paul as a human, not like a musical, uh, deity god you know yes yes um this this really humbled him like this i cannot believe how much he's just like enjoying his own music like he's not even it's not even his for just a little bit there they do baby in black and i'm sitting there thinking like nobody listen nobody really knows this song that well it's not a crowd favorite but he Enjoys no. it just as much as you would say Lovely Rita or She's Leaving Home or um, something. Like, he has so much love for something from George If Harrison. he does he's She's Leaving Home, dude, if they break that I'm, I, I'm done. I'm done. The, done. The isolating of the instruments is by far the best part because you get to hear him. Oh, I think it's on something. No, it no 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 no. It's when uh when my guitar gently weeps, they go through his bass parts and they and he talks about how oh. much of a genius George is. And I think right there, I'm just like, that's fucking love. Oh, that's love, dude. I'm not ready for this. I'm yeah. not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, gi- I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I'm giving this a five out of five any day and I'm only two episodes in and like, I don't, I wish it was forever. Like, I just wish that he could do every single song forever, you know? So it would just, I think I'll leave it let me, there. Let me tell you something, Dan. Let me tell you something, Dan. There is nothing in the world I felt and I've been to many concerts, but I never felt the way I felt when, um, Paul McCartney was like, we're going to do another one for you. And he just picks up his bass and goes, uh, boom, 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 boom. And the crowd literally erupts and we all start dancing with each other. That's not a normal thing. These Did you are, know he wrote that song are, in India? Did he write the song yeah, in they, India? They talk about that on there. Yeah. 
I cannot do it's it there's so many things. Like even when he said, um, he said, uh Paul and I balance each other out very well because there's a song called uh Got to Admit It's Getting Better. And he's like, it can't get much worse. I'm like, oh, that is totally John. He would be the guy because he's like, Paul is so happy go lucky. And John has to put in that, well, you know. Everybody's had a bad year, you know. <laughs> and it's so beautiful how they bat. And then the fact that Paul McCartney was like, hey, remember, we didn't have any recording devices. So when I wrote um, All My Lovin', I just had to remember it. I said, oh, my God. When he says. How do listen, you even remember that? When he says. You got to make it memorable because you got to remember it, you know? <laughs> oh, how beautiful is that? And here's the thing. Okay, remember, uh, I know I know this hit, uh, it hit uh, Quentin very hard. Remember when he, uh, right at the beginning, he's sitting there with his guitar in front of Ruben and he just strums a normal chord? Mm-hmm. Why does his normal strumming of a normal everyday chord sound so amazing? I'm like, yeah. that's not how my guitar sounds when I do mm-hmm. that. He just said, bling. I said, wow. What yep. a touch. Hard day's dude. night, right? What a touch. He just says, bling. I said, oh, my God. He is a master. He is a god among men. A musical god walking among men. That's it. All right. I'll make my review nice and quick. I know Steve's got to get out of here. Um, I actually thought it sucked. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, I was about, oh my. Yo, Steve, let's get the fuck out of here. We're going to be late. (laughs) I'm going to be late. No, 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 no. I didn't think it sucked. I didn't think it sucked. My heart just was like. (laughs) I will say this. I think that obviously if you are a like a true, tried and true Beatles fan then this is clearly for you because it's Paul McCartney breaking down these songs. And like we've already, they've already talked about like isolating tracks and, and just, you know, talking about what inspired him, where he was, um, you know, what was he on a road trip? Was he hitchhiking? How did these songs come to be? Who did he work them out with all that stuff? If you love that stuff for the Beatles, like this is tailor made for you. I will say that, um, I don't share. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love the Beatles, but you guys are way bigger fans than I am. So as a, a I don't even consider my, I'm more than a casual fan. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not like super fan. You so love for, them. Yeah, I do love them. I do. love. Yes. But I'll tell you what I loved more about this experience was see Gail's always had this weird impression or yeah, that she doesn't like the Beatles. I don't know why. She's like, I just don't care for their songs. I'm like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. how can you, it's the, how, just like you guys are thinking right now. So it was really, really cool to sit down with her and watch the first three episodes of this. And I'm like, how about this one? Oh, actually, I love this song. How about this one? This is a really good song too. I'm like, what song is it that sucks? And she could not think of it. So I don't know if it was like in her head as a kid, maybe that she didn't like this or she mm-hmm. just heard it with mm-hmm. the wrong people or she never just put on some headphones or hit her. Maybe she bumped her head when she was a kid. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it was really nice to see her turn around and start appreciating these songs that we've all, you know, grown up with and we, and we love so much. So that part was really neat for me. Uh, I love the, the music talk all the time. I mean, I think that uh, if anyone has listened to this show for any amount of time, you know, we love talking music. And uh, again, I want to make this quick. So I will just say that uh, I did enjoy this very much. I'm still enjoying it. I have one more episode to go. 
but it's uh, not as much as you guys did. And that's not taking away from. Oh, no. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are certain things that I'm sure that they mentioned in there. They're like, oh, yeah. And then you can sit and wax about he's talking about this and this happened at this time. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you if so, if you're like a Beatles historian, this is really, really like tailor made for you. But if you're not and you're more casual, it's also tailor made for you because like it'll it'll tell you like he's given you the it's like when someone's trying to tell you a long story in short form for me. Yes. Is what it was. Yes. Yes. But yes, yes. Uh, I really enjoyed like the technical part of it with all, you know, the isolating of tracks, how he came up with certain things, him breaking down songs into simple chords and then like adding to it. All of that stuff was awesome. But I'm being serious when I do say it felt to me because Ringo wasn't there that it was kind of like Paul smelling his own farts for the entire series, which is okay because they're wonderful farts. You know, they're Beatles sent yes, Liverpool, absolutely, Liverpool absolutely. fragrant farts, you know? Yes. So, um, but it's not really a knock. It's just how I feel about it. But I will, I will give uh, McCartney 321 playing on Hulu a four out of five. Yeah. Liverpool fragrant farts. That's it. Yeah. I got a question for you. Are they going do you think this is going to be a thing where they can like are going to do a Stevie 321 or a such and such 321 because so. Rick Rubin is the guy to do I hope this. so. I'd like to change my rating real quick. Um I want to go ahead and give it a stay. I'm going to go with a 4, but I'm going to go with uh a 4 out of 5 times that Rick Rubin was appropriately dressed for television. Dude. Dude. I mean, Rick, put some fucking shoes on, dude. Come on. He's not, I mean, but here's the thing, man. This guy, this is how he rolls. Yeah, this is how he's from doing the just Chili fine. Peppers to LL Cool J to he's Jay-Z. Doing just fine. He's always done this thing. Yeah, I know. I'm, but I he has totally such an kidding. ear, dude. He has such an oh, yeah, ear he's, he for is, music. Uh, he's, there, he's there for a reason. You know what I mean? And I was just kind of kidding. But it is funny because it's like it doesn't matter. Like, who would you, Steve, who would be the, the guest at your house that you would be the most nervous having? I'm thinking it's going to be either Stevie or Paul, you, you know, just, you just nailed both of them. It, right, it would be, right. so you don't have to I clean would, up for Stevie, but you do for Paul, but still for Paul. Yeah. For, <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Um, for Paul, I'd be uh Stevie. I'd be nervous because of just the impact he's had on my life. Sure. Yeah. The Paul conversations McCartney, to be had. Yes. Paul McCartney. I'd be nervous because I don't want to be the guy that's going to be like uh freaking um, Chris Farley the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'd end up doing. Right. Yeah. Remember when you did, remember you'd be like, yes, I came here for dinner. I didn't want to do all, but remember when you did the all night long, but you know, if it's just, uh, but with, you know, with Stevie, it sounds like he just loves talking about music. Yeah. Paul, I would imagine he kind of likes having just dinner sometimes. And it's like, yeah, I've lived the Beatles for s- freaking 60 years. I can just have dinner and not do this thing. Yeah. You know, but I would be, who would be, okay, before we get off, who's your number one person you'd be nervous about? I, I think I know who it is, but I might be wrong. Who's, uh, for you and Quentin, for uh, Dan first, who's your, who would make you the most nervous? Well, just off the top of my head, I'd have to say Dave Grohl. That's what I was thinking. That's, That's exactly. all. I mean, it's, I think, I think everyone listening that knows me heard that and knew what I was going to say, but yeah, I have to say him. He would be the person that, um, here's the funny part. Within four minutes of him being at your place, you would forget because he seems like that guy that now he's just chilling with you. Now he's just a guy. I don't think Paul McCartney would ever turn to a man. For I think he could probably pull me out of the nervousness. Yes. Because he's Dave Grohl. But at the same time, I would just be like, I, because you know how I get in my head, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not saying anything worthwhile right now. You know, I'm such a loser. He's saying all this cool shit and. I'm just sitting here in my head about it. That would be me. (laughs) What about you, Q? Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day. Green Day is the reason why I'm even into music. 
you have so many people you listen to that I never narrowed it down to Green Day. Yeah, that's uh, you. That they're my biggest influence in my entire life. Billy Joe Arm, I you know, and I. The funny thing is, there was a there was a time in high school where that's all I heard playing. Well, a little bit. I don't know. Not, and it was ninety seven. Right. I was a year out, and that's all I heard in San Luis Obispo, dude. Oh, I believe that's it. it. All I heard, and it was like, yeah, this group's pretty good. Like, he wasn't one of those that I absolutely just, I was like, hey, this is a new <laughs> thing I've never heard before. He went, hey. Hey, yeah. There Whereas Nirvana, I was like, I got it. They're very sad, <laughs> and they're upset with life. We get it. I'll say it all day long. <laughs> Foo Fighters is a better band than Nirvana. Fight easily. Me. Oh, my God, easily. I mean, Nirvana only made how many CDs? Green Day. Here we go. Green Day is a better band than Nirvana. Uh, Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And their new stuff, I don't know. I can't really. But here's the thing. But but the thing is, if you take a if you take a band that only made a few albums in their beginning, now would you say the first few albums of both of these bands are better than the first few albums of Nirvana's? I would say no. Dookie, (laughs) dude, you gotta. I enjoy the album Dookie. I actually enjoy Dookie better than Nevermind. But, but I I'm think saying that the, the production first on Nevermind album that amazing. Nirvana did was Bleach. any of their first albums better than Nirvana's first? No. The Green Day's first album was 1,039 Smooth Out Slappy Hours, and nobody knows any music from that. Yeah, I would have to say, I'll, I'll agree with Quentin on that. So the Nirvana is a better band. Green Day was on my radar for a long time before I even heard him because an old friend of mine was dating right after uh, Mike Durnt broke up with this chick. So the story goes, he started dating this girl and he always felt like he could never like he, he always felt like he could never compare. He got weird for a while. It was really strange. I'm glad they broke up. She was a terrible person, but anyway, yeah. So, well, I I, I would say Nirvana is then by default, a better band because both of them at their beginnings were just, they, they were better. There's not enough time to have this debate. I think, I think we could come back to it. But I don't know. There's no argument, though. That means I'm that sure they would have progressed and become better than both of the bands that started with them. I don't know if they did progress. I personally don't think wow. that In Utero is a better album than Nevermind. I think they started going downhill soon. Now, does that have to I, do I don't know with Cobain's well addiction? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know them well enough to. Be you know, that's just that. my opinion. But I, I just I don't know. I always thought Nirvana was incredibly overrated. And if it wasn't for Dave Grohl, I don't know if I'd still be paying attention to Nirvana, period. Did you see that video of him breaking down that drum fill for Smells Like Teen Spirit? Yeah, that was dope. That was awesome. I didn't know. I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, dude, that was a... Was it the Gap Band? Yes. That just shows how much I don't know music. I wouldn't have picked that up. (laughs) Questlove picked it up. Right. I didn't pick that up at all. I was like, how obvious is that? And I never... But you know why? Because my brain doesn't put them in the same... Like, even if I know that fill from the Gap Band... But Dave Grohl, I wouldn't even think they listened to. I didn't think Dave, Dave Grohl, Grohl listened to the Gap Band. Little did I know. Oh, man. If you were to really kind of just track Dave Grohl's career, even his band Probot was like an all-metal band. Not that you Great know, not, name. It's just, yeah, it's a great name. But <laughs> he, um, he has so many different styles that he takes from. I think a good drummer does that. A good drummer picks a little bit of this up from there. You know, maybe he likes a little bit of disco. He just take a little bit of that. Let's take some funk, whatever, and just makes it his own. And I think that no he question. and Taylor Hawkins, I don't even know what to this. At this point, I don't know who a better drummer is. 
because Dave Grohl doesn't really play drums anymore on the studio tracks, and Dave uh, Taylor Hawkins just Taylor, Taylor Hawkins is a better drummer. He is. I, I would have to say probably yeah, so. He's yeah. a better, solid, more solid drummer than Dave Grohl is. But I would say there's a reason that Prince told wanted Dave Grohl to jam with him. He saw that Dave Grohl was a genius on the drums. He didn't ask Taylor Hawkins to. He asked yeah. Dave Grohl to play with him. That's a thing. So he's a genius on the drums. All right, I got to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, hey, Quinton. Yes. Thank you very yes, much sir. for joining us, sir. It's been an honor talking to you. I love talking. I mean, you know, we 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 uh we throw messages back and forth and such, but it's always nice to have you in the Heroes of Noise studio. Doesn't it look nice, man? Look around. See, we just I, did some, we some paint and shit a lot like that. Of posters. Thank you very much. It's a work in progress. We're going to get a neon sign pretty soon, but thank you for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure. Love you, dude. Seriously. Thank you. Seriously. I uh, you guys have a, I have a lot of love for you guys. One thing before we go. We got to let people oh. know where they can find Quentin. So Quentin, please. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have a podcast called The Real Zodiac um, with Amanda Albers. Uh, we talk about films um, in kind of a genre format that takes Zodiac signs. We put them in a genre uh, and then we kind of go through that for the year. We were on a hiatus for a little bit. Shit was going crazy. You know how it is. Um, we're back. We just finished our sci-fi. We're moving on to sports and we're going to be doing – I'm going to give you guys a little taste – uh, we're doing both Space Jam uh, movies and recording that this Sunday, and it'll be out uh, the following Friday. Quentin, come back soon. Promise me that. Yeah, we need to get you guys Thanks, on, on ours. I promise. It's going to happen. For sure. I'll be there. I will be there. All right. Mr. Hudson, can you please take us away? Hey, guys. I love you so very much. I had a great time today talking. Anytime we talk music, you already know. <laughs> I love it to death. And when I saw the cue was going to be on, I knew, guess what? Music's happening. I love you guys. The next voice you're going to be hearing is the man, the myth, the legend, Danathan the Manathan. Peace out. I've been called that. I've been called lots of things. I've been called an asshole a lot in my life. Today, not so. My name is Dan Ramirez. We are the Heroes of Noise. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode with our first guest back in months. I am thrilled. I can't wait for you people to hear it. So, I'm going to spare you all the pleasantries and just tell you what I always do. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs) 